Welcome to another edition of Banter and Babble. I'm the Dude 79, and joining me always, my esteemed colleague, Mr. Fanboy Tone. Mr. Fanboy Tone, what's going on, dude? Not a whole lot. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. It's Wednesday, baby. It is. Here it we is. are. Another okay. episode of Banter and Babble. We have nothing to talk about tonight. No, we don't. Nothing. Nothing. Sorry. Yep. So just wanted to say hi to everybody. Hope everyone's having a great week, and we're out. We're out of here. Just kidding. Just kidding. We got a lot of shit to talk about. Probably going to be a five-hour show. Uh, we are drinking something very tasty tonight. We can't wait to talk about it. Talk about it here in just a moment. But we do have a quick couple of announcements we want to make. Uh, after careful consideration, we have decided that going forward, I will no longer be streaming to my personal channel, to Dude79, and all my streams will be taking place right here on, ba- uh, uh, on Facebook. What the fuck is Facebook? <laughs> right here on Banter and Babble. Whether it be on Facebook or Twitch or YouTube, everything will be going through Banter and Babble. Mm-hmm. So that is what I want to do now. So do you have anything you want to announce? Yes. So as we all know that sometime this year, Slated 4, coming back to streaming, we don't have a timeline, but I will plan on doing streaming again as well. And also, instead of streaming to my personal channel, everything that I did do and will go forward with will be Right here on Banter and Babble, also on all the outlets that we use. So that way you're going to have some Banter and Babble content under one umbrella constantly throughout the week, hopefully three to four days if everything goes out planned well. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I don't have a timeline for that, but I can tell you this is that some of you out there are fans of certain things that I did under my channel. Those will still happen here as well, too. It'll just be through banter and babble instead so late night saturday night parties of uh, us getting drunk and looking at youtube videos and just shitting around chatting that will still be happening just on banter and babble so yes and uh half ass you're you're sort of close uh she was unhappy with my performance on the dude 79 but banter and babble showed up with a check for 6.87 dollars 6.87 dollars and there's no fucking way i'm turning down that big money baby (laughs) no way he got some pork rinds and maybe like one of those twisters from the speedway they showed up and said bro here is your money come on over and i was like dude i got miles to feed so (laughs) i mean that's we ain't got no hot now in town it's a chicken sandwich baby yeah i'm balling now dog so i mean it's just like whatever i'm I'm quitting my job Mm -hmm. uh i'm just gonna stay here and just do this and play video games all day Six point eight seven. Some of y'all won't even make that much in your lifetime. Dope. Pretty excited about that. No, the idea of that is, you know, like we want to push banter and babble. We really want to like grow this community. We really want to like focus on gaming and stuff when we stream. And it's, you know, what's the point of like really going over to our individual channels? Uh, oh, <laughs> Jared's out at the bar. I'm still at the bar as so I can, but I'm gonna look at you both. Watching you, Jay McKenzie. Um, but yeah, that's just the whole point of that. You know, it's just, it's just easier to not have to sit there and balance, like, you know, doing stuff on my personal channel and then doing banter and babble stuff. This way, everything just goes through banter and babble. It just makes sense. Um, you know, I, I appreciate the folks that tune into my channel for the, for the streams that I would do. Uh, but most of those folks are people that tune in and support us here. So shouldn't be that big of a deal for them to just come over to banter and babble mm-hmm. and, and watch our streams. I did my first Monday night, uh, story time with the dude. I did it over here on banter and babble Monday night. Everyone showed up that typically shows up over on my channel for that. So, again, I appreciate that support. And it's just going to help Banter and Babble grow more if we just can, you know, consolidate all of our stuff right, right to one channel. So that is basically the plan behind that. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, I mentioned it to Jay Hill. But I want to mention anybody else. I, 
that did. I think most people know that once I stopped streaming there, they just stopped doing it. But if you are subbed to my channel by any chance, please go there and cancel that um, because I'm not going to be streaming there. I don't want you guys and girls, you know, putting money towards that. I think there's a couple of people that are stragglers. If anything, I might go through the list and see what it is and just send notifications. Hey, by the way, I'm fucking done here. Um, you know, I don't want anyone like sending money to a dead channel. Because that would be awesome. <laughs> Sweet $6, bro. Now, if I had like 30,000 subs, I probably wouldn't say much. But right, I think 30,000 right. people would probably be like, where the fuck you at, bro? Right, right. And I, I think for me, I might have some stragglers out there now, too, now I think about it. But, um, yeah, I just, at the end of the day, I think that's the whole point is just get everything under, you know, uh, one on cohesive channel. Get all the content out. We, we typically stream and play games in different times throughout the week. You know, I have more weekend free time. You know, always have that time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, I'll probably be more like Saturday night heavy, focus heavy Thursday nights, uh, maybe some Sundays, things in that nature. We'll unify probably Fridays. Mm -hmm. Wednesdays we're here, and then Tuesdays might be open, or once in a while I might even take a Tuesday or something like that because you've also got Mondays or whatever it looks like. So we'll come up with something that, that's way ahead in the future, but at the end of the day, the point is – is again is 2022. We want this to be a big year for Banter and Bab. We've already had some great sponsorships, had some really uh, interesting traffic over the last week or so, helping some people promote, getting ready for the Comic Con and different things. So we want to continue to grow, and to do that, it's just going to be better to do it clearly as one. one. As one. We were once two, one. but now we're one. As like one. Uh, you're not quitting your OnlyFans, though, right? Uh, well, unfortunately, Banter and Bab didn't offer enough to pull that part of my. Brand in, <clears throat> yeah. so no, that will be a separate thing altogether. Yeah, him Continue smashing on. like two a.m. Taco Bell didn't do so well. We yeah, thought there'd be a market. Didn't go over well with the B&B &B, uh, administration at the top. They were just like, no, we're not really interested right. in that quality because it's it's gross to be honest with you. So, so you'll be that's still a separate uh, part of the business away from my own. Um, Tony, the other thing we wanted to talk about is obviously because, you know, we won't be having our subs up on our other channels, and, but we don't have a sub button up mm -hmm. on this channel. However, right. if you're on Twitch and you go down into our about us section, and we'll throw this link up as well uh, on the YouTube video and on the Facebook post as well, we do have a Patreon opened up. Now, we're not asking for any specific amount. We're not doing tiers or anything like that. We're just kind of using that as kind of like a way to support us if you feel like we've earned it. And, again, we're not going to bring it up all the time. We're not going to put it in your face. We're not going to do any of that stuff. It's just, again, for the folks that want to help support B&B, everything that when, when you guys support us, uh, you know, through, through stuff like Patreon, that all goes towards the show. Production value. Uh, equipment, you know, helping us go to like certain trip, going on trips to go to like different bars out of, you know, longer trips, so mm -hmm. to speak. But I mean, Tone, that's kind of like what we're doing, what we're doing, why we're doing Patreon is just, again, to help keep the show going yeah. and improve quality of life stuff and production value and whatnot. Uh, you know, and very honestly, like we, we appreciate everybody's support anyways. And anything that we've already been very fortunate to have people share with us, uh, any of their guild pieces and stuff, we have always put back into this. The giveaways we do, all that comes from the same pool. So literally the, the things that everybody puts into this channel comes back as well, too, as, as giveaways. And, yeah. you know, um, honestly, I've had uh, a few people before say, hey, man, what do I got to do to buy you a beer or something like that? If you want to <laughs> buy beer, be for, yeah, if you want to buy us a sixer for some night on B&B, Use Patreon for that as well, too. We didn't really have a donation or anything like that set up before. It was all just for the sub channel. So now this gives us a little room to explore that. You know, as, as always, it's not something that we're, we're not asking for anybody to be here to be able to do that. But if you do enjoy us and you know, enjoy uh, what we do and continue to want to be part of the community and see things grow or just want to be involved that way, well, you know, we appreciate that as well. So um, we don't really have any plans for, like, rewards quite yet. That's still something that we've – 
uh, been kind of kicking around that as well, That would be too. more or less in, the, in a tier thing if we did yeah, come up with that. Yeah. Right now, it's just, you know, we like doing giveaways it's, for every uh, during the show, right. some giveaways in the Discord. You know, that's that's the way we give back to the community, and we do feel like that's an important thing. That's something mm-hmm. that we want to make sure mm-hmm. we continue to do. Because I ask the guy, at the end of the day, you showing up and being a part of the conversation and tuning in and sharing with your friends and writing reviews on iTunes, giving us five-star ratings on Spotify – that shit helps more than anything because it gets us out there and it, yeah. it helps people find our show and it can bring in other fellow nerds into the community to be a part of the conversation, much like all of you have been doing for 69, 70 episodes. That's priceless. I mean, that really There's is. No you can't put a price that. tag on that. Nope. And that's all we really care about. But I know there are some people, like like Tone says, uh, that you know that, that have come up, reached out to us going, hey, how can we help support? You know, I, we're right. doing it over on Twitch. Is there a way we can do it here, even though we don't have a sub button? So we're like, okay, look, let's figure out a way. But again, it's not something we're going to pound in your face. You know, I should do is just have something popping up the screen like every 10 minutes. Like, Patreon, Patreon. Like, contradict everything we're saying right Honestly, now. at the end of the day, you're lying, and I just want somebody to buy me beer. I like beer money. He, need, he likes the private dances. That's really what it's for is the private dances. See? There it is. If we had, like, a little bubble right here, that'd be cool. Like, he's got a light above his head. That'd be kind of cool too, but it's just a flashlight. I digress. <laughs> That's the end of that conversation. We appreciate your support, but honestly, we're not going to force it. We're not going to pressure anyone into doing it. It's if you want to be sound a part really of it. guilty. You won't shut up about it. I know. I, I, I just I hate mentioning that, but I mean, ultimately, it, it helps guys. us give back to the community. It helps us improve the show. But at the same time, nobody wants to hear somebody go, hey, give me your fucking money. I want some beer money. You hook it up. <laughs> he wants fucking beer give me money some for fucking sure. beer money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyways, you know, we're sometimes really bad at, at getting uh, things rolling when it comes to, you know, things that we start. You know, we're honestly we're doing what we're doing now with getting rid of the sub and the affiliate and everything is at this point kind of to also just be out there. Yeah. A little bit more having more channels to be involved, things in that nature. So, you know, being on YouTube and Facebook and and whatever. So um, this all just kind of goes part of that plan. But at the same time, there are still, uh, you know, things we want to be able to do. And yep. uh, sometimes, you know, having that Patreon out there to buy me beer money is a good way to do it as well, too. <laughs> so you want to buy He loves it. He loves it. Um, speaking of which, yes. we're going to run a giveaway tonight. Oh, well. Speaking of which. Kind of in relation to a topic we'll be talking about later on tonight. Mm-hmm. But tonight, mm-hmm. for tonight's giveaway tone, we are giving away. Me. You. Tone. We're giving away tone. I hope you like changing diapers because <laughs> nobody's going to put in for that. I ain't got time for all that. We are giving away a three-month subscription to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, value of $44.99. You'll get it as a part of a giveaway. I'm going to start the, yes. uh, the giveaway right now. This is for a three-month subscription to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, mm. which is going to be – Game Pass is going to be pretty hot coming up pretty soon. I mean, every month it just gets better and better, but what we talk about later, it's, it's pretty – you have to have fucking mm. Game Pass, you guys. Whether you have an Xbox or a PC or a mobile phone that has a good browser on it, you got to have fucking Game Pass. Game Pass so here's your chance to enter to win live now. So get in there. Exclamation point, enter. Except for Prime, I'll go in and remove him. But everyone else, get in there. Exclamation point, enter for a chance to win a three-month mm-hmm. subscription to Xbox mm-hmm. Game Pass Ultimate. Enter me. Get in. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? what? Are you talking about what we're drinking? Because I'm going to throw up. <laughs> so tonight, we have a treat. Oh, do we now? We did get a treat. We, we- got gifted. Oh! Drassen of 7DD Dungeons. It's brown bottle, no label, so that means it's like yeah, yeah, it's it's moonshine. A little bit of grandpa sauce. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's been recently getting into the brew world, um, and if, if there's anybody that 
would be perfect for this just because of his love for it. He's got an issue, by the way, and a problem with buying beer. But that also, I feel like, um, just kind of can take a project, grab it by the horns, figure it out, and do it, and do it well. This is the kind of guy you want doing uh, brews. Now, I'm not just saying that because he's one of my bestest friends, but uh, he, he's, he's perfect for this sort of thing. Um, so um, his name for his brewing right now is called, and I probably hopefully stay because I love it, is Unearthed Brucana. Very cool, very cool. Keeps Sexy. it that D&D themed. And this is a Christmas ale with the good. spices, gingerbread <sighs> but this is called Ginger Dead Man. Ginger Dead Man. The Ginger wow. Dead Man Christmas Ale. So, cheers to everybody. Really excited. Uh, he Everybody apparently has enjoyed this if they tried it so far, but he's been the one telling me that, and it's all his family. So, you know, there it goes. That's fucking good. And Jay Hill, the reason he's still ordering there is because he's a Karen, and he's bitching at management, and he hasn't <laughs> shut up. He won't leave management alone. We try to pull him away, but he just stands there. Oh, but my in God. those jeans... Looking good, looking fine. He is, man. You look good in those jeans. This beer is terrible. That's so it's good. disgusting. No, get away from me. No, I'll drink yours. I'm kidding, then. I was kidding. This uh, this beer is very delicious. So mm. it's it's um it's light. It's very crisp. It's very crisp. But it's it's light, that, it's but it's but it's got some it's got some fullness to it. Mm. And then you you start to get the 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 spices and the the things you want out of that. And then at the end is when you get that that last ginger mm-hmm. hit, and it and it it holds. That's what's nice about it. I'm still, I can still taste yeah. it. It's so good. I'm gonna chase it down with Castillo spiced rum. Nice work there, sir. Just Very it's really good, dude. Impressive. It's really good, Dungeons. It's, good. it's fucking good. good, dude. We'll be smashing now, Dungeons. If you had to guess, what would you say the ABV is on this? This I'm is, gonna guess four point five four ish. It seems very light, very crisp. Or is this something that's very dangerous? I think it's light. I'm gonna go with probably around five five. Ooh, next batch is a chocolate peanut butter five point five ish. Did I really get that? Did I just say five point five? Oh, I'm over here just drinking it like it's a fucking like light like a well, fucking. Well, basically, is anything under sevens? What? Yeah. Oh, come on, I can handle my stuff. I mean, that's yeah, right. What? Oh, jeez. Uh, but yes, thank you for this. This is delicious. Keep doing things. Um, we're just trying to get him ready to. He can start doing fruited sours, which is quite a. Oh <laughs> my god! It's a yeah. whole. Ki- it's a whole kit and caboodle. So he might not be able to figure it out. Hey, I'll drink whatever you that you want to throw out. Yeah. Just send him my way. He said he might. Seltzers are kind of easy. So if you can figure out how to do like one of those smoothie seltzers, which is probably going to be just as hard. Mm, I, I digress. Like we I digress. digress. But no, that's seriously awesome stuff. Good stuff. But Tom, what, 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 what have you been doing? How, how, many, hold on, how many hours are you at in uh, Trails of Cold Steel? Oh, God. Yeah. I think that's I, what we want to know. I've got to be pushing 60, 65. I got to be near that because I checked. When like, the fuck do you I even check. have time to play this, dude? <laughs> sneak it in all the time, man. Well, that's what, wow. I am really hooked in this fucking game. And, um, yeah, I just – I think it's 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 like playing an anime. I, the, there's a lot of, like, break in between the battles. The fighting's so good. Like, in, when you're doing story, I'm just like, sometimes I just want to get back to the fighting because mm-hmm. it's so much heavy dialogue, so much things. And I'm a fast reader, so I, I'll get through it. No worries. But – um, it's it's really good because you get a lot of like character development, a lot sure. of background. Like, it's it's pretty compelling. Now, is it the the most craziest story ever written? No, but they really build this like continent and like you're a piece of this continent. We don't know what's going on in the whole continent. We just know this empire is right. feeding smaller empires. Mm. Uh, um, important question, Tone. Who is best girl? Uh, Alista so far, I think the one that looks like uh, Sailor Moon. 
like how Brian says, 60 hours in, almost done with the intro, I see. <laughs> That's what I'm starting to feel. I'm in, like, chapter, like... I hope you get, like, the credit, the title screen here, like, the next day or I two. I just, yeah, I just started <laughs> chapter five, and I think there's 12 chapters. I've already got, like, over 60 hours in it. Jeez. Yeah, it's fucking gnarly. And there's a new one that got announced this year, too. Oh, wow. He does not approve of your he choice of release. So, it is very basic, but you know what? On the battlefield, I ain't got time for that shit, man, so I'm going to pick basic and move along. See, I know, but the thing is, Brian's basic, His, but he also thinks the mom in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is fucking hot. Okay, so moving on. Um, uh, I will say Fee is my actual probably overall favorite as a character because she's a rogue, and she's got the little gun pistols, so she's she's special bae, but... Uh, you know, far story, how everything's going and everything, it just seems natural to go basic on that. Okay, yeah. Uh, this past week, and I, I started up um, Tales of Arise. Only about three hours into it. I'm at that point in, the, you know, in any JRPG where every time you go to a new, new area, or next another, you advance the story a little bit, it opens up a whole new mm-hmm. part of the game. So I'm still learning the intricacies of all that, the different mechanics, the different, you know, I just unlock cooking, so I'm exploring that. I'm running around just kind of grinding through certain areas when enemies respawn and grab all the... Grab all the uh, the components you see laying around and all the recipe items that you need. So it's been a it's it's a cool game. I like the combat, but again, I'm very, I'm only three hours in, which means right. I'm not even anywhere into this game. I'm still the tutorial. I love RPGs. I don't know. I just <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say about it, man. Like I just fucking love a, a fucking slow grinding RPG. I can't just. Uh, yeah, it's the man. weeb thing in me. Oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm proud of my newly weeb dads right now. I was oh, like, on Saturday when I was sick and thought I had COVID, I was sitting there. I started watching My Hero Academia, and then I'm like, well, I'm gonna play some Trails of Cold Steel now. So totally a whole whole weeb Saturday. So. Man, awesome. Yeah, I made more progress in um, Guardians of the Galaxy on That's Monday. Right. That game continues game. to impress me in terms of, like its storytelling and its presentation. Uh, the art style in the game is so good. Like yeah, they did just a great job with the skyboxes and everything. Like mm-hmm. every area you walk into feels like it's just grandiose in scale mm-hmm. and scope. Like it's just it's a really impressive game. I'm really digging that so far. Uh, again, I continue to struggle with the combat. It's much more, it's much deeper than I thought it was ever going to be. Especially when you need to learn like which which abilities to use. I haven't figured it out yet. And I feel like it's one of those things where I'm, it's going to require multiple playthroughs to get mm-hmm. really good at and figure things out. Again, streaming and playing a game like that is a little bit difficult because, again, you don't have a whole lot of time to focus on learning things. You're still talking and chatting with folks who are talking about the game, and I'm fine with that. But it's one of those games where I feel like it's going to require a lot, uh, probably a second playthrough to really grasp and appreciate mm-hmm. the uh, the controls and the combat in that game. Because when you do see it, I, like I talked about on the stream, and I actually watched a video, and I, I forgot to grab the person's name. They were showing the combat, like how it's supposed to be played. And, dude, it was just – it was it was so fluid. Like it was just so exhilarating to watch using different abilities and chaining them together and knowing which enemies to use it on. It's – it's a pretty deep game in, ter- cool. in terms of its combat. Yeah, so it's fun to watch. Really digging that. Ooh. Ooh. Excuse me. My I Lord. didn't have to burp you this time. I know. Thanks, Daddy. I appreciate yeah. that. So, yeah, that's basically what we've been up to. Is there anything else you want to touch on? Are we hit on, we hit on everything? Are we good to go? Uh, yeah. I got nothing else. You got nothing else? All right. Well, hey, let's get to our first topic. It's movie time. And, Tone, last night you and I went on a date. We did. And we went and saw Scream. No popcorn wieners this time. Not Scream 5. Scream. Scream. Yes. Like every reboot. Like every reboot. And, you know, we went into this. You know, I think it's one of those movies where I wasn't really paying attention to it through, uh, throughout the you know the end of last year. I knew it was coming out. But then when we started seeing more trailers, I was like, okay, you know what, man? I do love the first Scream. I do love the franchise in whole, even though I didn't really, like the third and the fourth. Uh, the third one, especially, I was just like, oh, this is kind of getting repetitive. 
you know, the fourth one was kind of like a shot in the arm because it had been so long since the previous one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, we're looking at this, you know, you first hear a scream and you're just like, oh, guys, it's another cash grab. But then you, you see what other movies and shows are doing and how they're handling legacy characters and bringing them forward. And then, you know, when, when I seen the directors were the people that made Ready or Not, I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm kind of confident here. I'm, right. I'm kind of feeling good about going into this movie with the people in charge of it that were heading it up. They, they love Wes Craven. They loved his work, and they appreciate his work. And they were... And after seeing the movie, I can tell they were very—they <laughs> were very respectful of the the source material. They they respect Wes Craven. They understand what the screen movies are about, and they 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 handled it about as good as I think they could have. I mean, it was really a good horror film, but it had the things that made Scream the first two, especially so cool and so unique mm-hmm. with the way it was kind of like meta and the way it kind of like used. Horror movies is kind of like the the basis of like you know how to survive through this. So it, it was very meta. It was very fun. They, yeah, they 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 kind of revisited like those. I don't know if the tropes the right word, but those like um, archetypes of yes. characters. Yep, archetypes, In characters, and plot line. And, yeah, and, and the way these movies played out. It was out. woven very very intelligently. I thought. And I feel like you know the first one was so good at that because at the time it was take it was it was looking at horror movies of the past and current movies, and, mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, look, this is what we're going to focus on, and, and this and that. So it was like, cool. And then the second and third one came out, I was like, okay, I feel like by the time the third one came out, I was like, okay, you're kind of just rehashing the same stuff. You're not, you don't have that distance. Whereas like the fourth one, you had about 10 years. Mm-hmm. So horror movies have changed 10 years, so it explores different elements. This one really felt like it was kind of a fresh reboot, yeah. exploring modern horror now compared to what we know from the early 90s mm-hmm. and, and, and prior to that. So they really did a lot. They, they focused on a lot of like now stuff, like current horror movies. I feel like they really did good in that regard. But as always, with these types of these reboots or these, how what do you want, what do they call them? A requel in the movie that are referring to they're as requels, yeah, they're reboot sequels, where they they find a way to bring in legacy characters, bring in the legacy story arcs, and, and then we kinda, like that, yeah, and and then kind of make it more modern and and push it forward so the franchise can move forward in a meaningful way, not just feel like a cash mm-hmm. grab. It's meaningful. You've got these characters that a lot of people mm-hmm. love and appreciate. And you're putting me into a situation where it's like, okay, look, they're important. They're not just cameos. They're not just mm-hmm. showing up and getting pieced out. They're an integral part of the plot going forward. Mm-hmm. And I really dug that about this movie. But, um, hey, thank you so much for that uh, follow over on YouTube. Appreciate you very, very much. Uh, Batone, your initial reactions and your thoughts to Scream. Um, I really enjoyed it. Like, I felt like it was – I don't think suspenseful is the right word. I think it was – Built right enough to where, like, we we ended up, I think, kind of getting close and figuring out who might have been the bad people or whatever. I guess the one right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you did pretty fast. But it, I will say it was more of a shot in the dark. It wasn't like I knew it, but I was just at the moment. Right. I was just like something feels amiss. Right, here. right, yeah. and and I feel like um, the movie still kept even you kind of guessing. Like, I'm not really for sure who's who or what's right. what. Like, they did a pretty good job of keeping that shit close to the chest. They had enough things going on with each character where you're like okay now i'm not so sure about this one yeah and it was did they pay did they obey the mention the rules wait what did they obey the rules mentioned in the third i apparently can't read um (laughs) uh i don't i you know i've never seen the third i only got up to the two and was like this shouldn't be anymore (laughs) i'm good i'm good good." i thought even two in some parts were stretched but um 
uh, no, overall, I did enjoy it. I thought that, uh, I, you know, I the entire time I kept going, oh, it's this person. Oh, man, that's really weird. They're trying to throw me out. Like, I was, it's, it's a movie where you're just, you're kind of, an, the first time you see it, it almost takes you back to the exciting part of the original Scream where you're questioning every character and every person, mm-hmm. and they're kind of like, are they being honest or are they misguiding us? You can't really tell. Right. And that was kind of fun to relive something like that and being able to relive that in an older franchise that seemingly had a good reboot. Like, I enjoyed my time. I see why it's doing well in the theaters and why, you know, um, the ratings are high on it. I don't really have any negatives about it. I mean, I could sit here and talk about plot holes in a movie like this, but right. Captain Obvious, I, I don't have time for that, right? right. Um, uh, so, honestly, at the end of the day, like, I, I don't have anything negative to say about it. Like, is it a movie that I'm, like, was super excited about? No. Is it a movie that I'll probably watch again? Maybe. Um, but at the end of the day, I think everybody should honestly see this movie. Yeah. No, I, 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 you know, I probably, I think, I feel like I enjoyed it a little bit more, you know, just in the sense where I would watch this again, just because I felt like, again, because I loved the first one so sure. much, I really loved the first uh, Scream. The second one yeah. was good. Third yeah. one was all right. The fourth one was an interesting uh, way to try to reboot stuff or as a sequel. That was more of a direct sequel, but this one, it was just, man, it did. It felt fresh. It felt like a, the same sensation I got from the first mm-hmm. one. They, they, it was very clever. It was very meta. The yeah. way that when they go through the whole requel sequence and they or the, the that whole they, scene was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, there was a lot of stuff in there where I was just like, "Oh man, that's smart." Oh, I get Dude, that it reference. Was I see what they're getting brilliant. at. Yeah, it, it's really, really awesome. Justin Bush, hey, what's up, guys? How are you guys doing today? Justin, we're doing good. We got some beers. Appreciate you out on YouTube. We appreciate you over there on YouTube. Hope you're having a good evening. Uh, but no, I felt like it was. Yeah, it was really, really good. Now, in terms of like the legacy characters, that's always going to be a slippery slope in these types of movies because right. you have to treat legacy characters with respect. Mm-hmm. These are the founding like pillars of this of this franchise. How'd that work out, Star Wars the sequel trilogy? And we get David Arquette, we got Courtney Cox, and we got uh, Nev Campbell. We got the big three. They're here. They're back. And I'm thinking, okay, cool. We saw them in the trailers. I can't wait to see how they how they I'm play. Scared. So, you know, I really liked the legacy characters in this. I do feel like David Arquette's Dewey was the most compelling of the three. He had probably the best storyline because he was involved earliest, and yeah. he was involved, you know, in a, in, a, in a meaningful, integral way. Like, he was an yeah. important part of the plot going forward. That's not to say that Courtney Hicks and Neb Campbell didn't have important roles. They did. But even when they did show up, they were helpful. They, they, they were a part of it. Mm-hmm. But David Arquette's uh, – his role was he was important to the story. He was important in, to, in terms of like emotional value. He was important at how you know at being the sage. Be yeah, I mean that yeah, perfect. That's perfect. And I mean he was, and, and the thing is, he was really good in it too. Like mm-hmm. he's a weathered Dewey. He's 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 been through. He's been. He stabbed. actually chewed his scenes up pretty well. He, I was impressed by David Arquette. When when the one person referenced him as a shitty Sam Elliott, you and I Dude. just about lost it in the oh, fucking theater because he does. Oh, he has his scruffy beard and this like this this mustache. And he looks like a shitty Sam He looks Elliott. like a shitty Sam It was an incredible, was like, when they funny. said that, I mean, again, and that's what I love about the Scream movies is it bounces, like, outright humor, like, laugh-out-loud humor. Mm-hmm. But, man, when it ratchets up the fucking gore and the horror, it's still got to do it. It still has that right. bite. And uh, it, 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 was, it was awesome, dude. Like, I really just, I love the way they utilize the legacy characters. And, of course, you know, Nev Campbell, Sidney Prescott, and, and Courtney Cox's Gail Weathers. They have big scenes later in the movie mm-hmm. as well. You know, they, they every all three of them have important scenes, and they're just utilized in good ways. It just felt like Dewey had the mm-hmm. most important role because he was in it the most, and he helped. And, and but all three of them at the end, they, they usher in this new cast of characters, especially the main, the main two or three, to help kind of possibly set up more mm-hmm. Scream movies mm-hmm. in the future. I mean, I just don't know if Scream is as good as when it's 
back to back to back releases, you know, within a couple of years because it's hard to see any kind of like evolution of horror. Mm-hmm. I feel like horror evolves decade after decade. Mm-hmm. It's not like every year horror evolves. I, yeah, I, you I know, everything that. is kind of like in this this capsule and then yeah, it, you and look then at 80s decades, 90s decades. Exactly. 2000s, so then like, you know, maybe the faculty. next stream will be, you know, somewhere else down the line, maybe not right away. Uh, wasn't there a show that didn't last? Yeah, there was a Scream show. There was a Scream movie or a Scream TV show for a while. Yes, there was. No. Um, I don't think it – I think it might have been a one-season thing. But I can't – don't quote me on that. I can't be certain. I don't yeah, remember yeah. hearing much about it, uh, but I do remember that was a thing. But um, as far as the new cast goes, I thought it was kind of like mixed results. Um, you know, the big three, you know, you have Jack Quaid as Richie. Jack Quaid, who looks just like fucking Dennis Quaid. I can't it was believe like, you didn't know that. I, I did not know that until you mentioned it, but then there was a couple of scenes where I said, I was like, okay, yeah, that's mm-hmm. fucking Dennis Quaid. Thankfully, it's not Randy Quaid's kid. <laughs> no, he'd be. <laughs> it's Dennis Quaid's kid, so that's okay. He'd be like a three-eyed fish. Uh, so he was good as Richie, Melissa Barrera as Sam, and uh, Jenna Ortega as Tara. They were all really good in their roles. They were very convincing. Yep. They were into it. Oh, uh, and so they were really, really part, um, but a, a really big part of the plot and a really good part, you know, very important to the story. But the other characters, especially one who's kind of a big part of the story, was just a lot of them felt like they were just fodder, which they were, but I feel like some of them shouldn't have been fodder because they were more than that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like They were just kind of like, and I don't know if that's intentional to keep them under the radar, so to speak. It's got to be. But there was just some parts of it, like, I wish I would have known a little bit more about the backstory of, like, one or two characters just to kind of get an understanding of what's going on. But overall, good performances all around. Like, I had no, like everyone was into it, everyone was having fun with it, and everyone's very convincing in all their scenes. Uh, but the other thing that I really liked about this movie were just the, the little nods to the original. Well, there was three seasons on TV. Three seasons. Holy shit. I was probably, was I drunk then? 2015, 2019. Oh, my, Ethan was born, and I didn't. Yeah. Plus, MTV, I just never really is. You know, I kind of lost track of MTV. Wasn't You know, when you're watching Disney Junior and PBS all those years with the kids, it, it was one of those things where, like, even after I take Anderson to daycare or Ethan to daycare, and I come home and just sit down on the couch for a minute, and there'd be fucking bluey on TV, and I wouldn't even realize it's on. I'm just sitting there, like, oh, just it's quiet. And I'm actually just sitting there watching, and then it would click after, like, 20 minutes. Like, why the fuck am I watching bluey right now? Right. Why am I watching this shit? So you can understand it. I, I can relate. I can relate to Bluey. Bluey, Bluey is uh, he's a responsible person. But, you know, it was that. It was all the nods to the original. There were, like, little jingles, little songs mm-hmm. that played. They're like, oh, cool. Uh, I love. The score was awesome. I love how some of the characters have names that are linked to famous directors. You know, one character's name is Wes. Uh, Sam's last name is Carpenter. And mm-hmm. so I was like, man, that's so. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. just the little nods to. The horror masters, yeah. the late, the late Wes Craven, and obviously John Carpenter. You know, they had all those little Easter eggs and little things that you could appreciate overall. So I mean, I didn't have it. And plus, dude, let's talk about the fucking gore in this movie. There's some. That fucking, was one of my favorite parts. There was some pretty awesome kills. Not so much in like grand fashion, but just like the. Um, they weren't pulling the camera away. Yeah, the clarity of it, like like the camera work. That's the other thing I want to talk about. Is the camera work was really good, not only for close ups of the gore, but a lot of fake outs. Yeah, there was a part where the kid, remember the, uh, the sheriff's kids, when when the, she's trying to get home and he's walking around the house. That camera's up close. So, I mean, whenever you're up close on a character who's walking around, especially yeah. when you know someone's nearby, they were it tr- just they were fucking with tension. You. And they did multiple things. They like, trolled you on he'd it. He'd open the fridge, yeah. and you're thinking, "Oh, here's was, the killer." It was clever as fuck. Nothing there, and it was just constantly yeah. building tension. It's, it's, instead of going for the cheap, you know, jump scare, 
just building tension over yeah. and over again. It was just really, really well done. Just a, just a very well-made movie. And again, it goes back to the directors. They talked about it prior when the movie was made. They're like, look, we, we love John. We love Wes Craven. We love what he did with Scream. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we hold this movie, this franchise near and dear to our heart. We're going to do it the right way. And I feel like they did a great job with it. It was just an entertaining, scary, gory, funny, meta-horror movie that, again, hit me much like the first one. If there was one critique I had, Jenna Ortega, who's very good in it, has like the she has the unfair uh, job of trying to open it, much like Drew Barrymore did. She has that impossible task, and even though it's a good opening, it still falls short of that Drew Barrymore opening. Yeah, that's true. The opening of Scream will always be an all-time thing, and Jenna Ortega gives it her best, and they set it up pretty well. But at the end of the day, it's just like didn't quite hit. Like that one, but maybe, you know what, I don't think anything ever will. Honestly, the way that opened. I don't think they could ever open a screen movie and be as effective as what they did with Drew Barrymore. Maybe it's unfair that you're trying to compare them. It, it, it probably is. It probably is. But you know what? If you're making a movie called Scream, That's you're going to get compared. Too. You're going to get compared. Live her alone. Live her alone. Oh, Cherry, you're out of control. Hey, make sure you all hit exclamation point enter. Get into that contest. Three months of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Winner will be announced in 40 minutes. It's going to draw. So you better be here to claim it. Exclamation pointer. Exclamation pointer. What? Exclamation Man, point what, enter. What did you do today? I'm, that's all the Coke. <laughs> Coca-Cola. Uh, the Coke. Coke oh. Zero. Uh-huh. Diet Coke. Ca- diet caffeine free. There you go, Tricky. <laughs> Yeah. Liver alone. Hey, you're right, Sherry. You're right. Sherry, man, she's a, she's a scream enthusiast, man. She knows all that shit. Mm-hmm. I dig that. Sherry, did you go see it? She's been sick. I don't think she did. Oh, she's been sick? Man, I really want to get her thoughts. I feel Cherry, be- I'm feeling better. Yeah, hopefully you feel better. But if you do get a chance to go see it, make sure you sound off either on the next episode or whenever you get to see it or, or go right into the comments on YouTube and fill that shit in. We want to get your thoughts on it. That sounds like a scream fan. Those are the people I want to hear from. But overall, I really dig it, dude. I think that was a great movie. I'm really excited to see it again. And, uh, yeah, thumbs up. Well done. Could have been a shit show. They could have went the easy way out, but they did it right. They did it right. They did it right. All right. Moving on to our next movie review. Ridley Scott's huge domestic bomb. This is considered one of the biggest flops of last year, if not the biggest flop, financially. Uh, this movie, Tom, I'll let you go first on this. Just because I feel like we're going to have different perspectives. You always make me go first, and I feel like you're just putting me out there. I do. It's because I'm a bully. All right. It's fine. Yeah. yeah I'm not gonna, oh, hey. Uh, opener. What? Graston went, went hardcore with oh, you, man. Cool. So, um, that would, better that would fucking be, do it. Be really, I do can't it. do that. Get do the it. opener. Where's that? It's right there. The red thing. That's an opener? Yeah, man. It's from like 1960. That's a Holy dope ass. Holy shit. Yeah. That's something you find in Gramps' garage. Yeah, it is. Oh, see, it's a Red Wings one, too. See, that's cool, man. That's about the last time they were good, too, probably. Ooh, that's cheap. Nah, it's been a decade and a half. All right, so The Last Duel um, is based on a true... Oh, boy. Oh, my. Suck it, bitch. All right, so... um, What? All right. <laughs> ba- uh, the Last Duel is based on a true story of one of France's last trials of combat in the Middle Ages. Knight Jean, or Jean de Carouche, challenges his friend Jacques Legray. To duel after uh, Jean's wife, Marguerite, accuses Legray of rape. This is told from, like, a three different perspective. I think there's an actual, like, style of the... Oh, sorry, man. This is really good. Just wanted every drip. (laughs) Sorry, Dress. I I just drank this entire thing. Um, But uh, this... uh, Yes, Cuddles. 
this this movie again it's told from three different perspectives mm-hmm. and uh, i do want to get your thoughts on it first now i want to get your thoughts on, on what you thought of this movie because i feel like so good. it's I, I feel first of all it's unfair that this movie was a box office box. i do agree with that i do yeah i do agree with that and i think and, um, and they kind of explained what it was is there's two two big factors this this, this movie is obviously geared towards an older audience and during the pandemic old people were like i ain't going to the fucking theater so it didn't ha- it didn't make any money that way. And plus, this is a 20th Century Fox production. But then when Disney bought it, they did nothing. They didn't promote it. They oh, didn't promote it. That for sounds shit. very Disney. They bought a f- they bought a company that did something under somebody yep. else. They're gonna let it bomb. So that was done on purpose. Yeah. Uh. So that that's that's enough info right there. I think on that one. That that's that's a telltale right yeah, there. Big time. That big time. So, um, I enjoyed the movie to a certain degree. I didn't hate this movie. Of course, I hear Ridley Scott. I'm very excited. Right. Um. Well, I can tell you right out the gate is that it looks beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's crisp. It makes you feel like you're really in medieval France. Like, yes. Um, besides the fact that nobody has any form of accent, you've just to even hint, <laughs> just to even hint that they yeah. actually are in France. I mean, it's I get it. It's but, very Kevin Costner and uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, he has oh, an yeah. accent for like the first twenty minutes. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck, and I'm the right, guy from Bull right, Durham. Right, right, right. So, um, uh, but. Everything looked good, like the fight scenes, uh, even like as it starts out, some of the, I, I'm like, okay, we're building some characters. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was going to be a point of view story from you know different point mm-hmm. of views. So that did throw me off at first. I'm like, oh, we're switching point of views. And I was like, when I when that first happened, I'm like, cool, okay, I'm on board for that. Sure. Cool, cool. Um, but at the end of it, I feel like while the per, the point of views are great and it's and it's good storytelling in that sense, and it's it's a it's a it's for the most part, I think it's a well written movie. I also found myself getting a little bit more bored than I wanted to. And mm-hmm. now, listen, I, I typically am somebody who likes slow burn movies. I like stuff that's boring that not everybody else likes. For some reason, I think I was having a problem with the fact that we got these actors who, besides really Matt Damon, didn't do like a whole lot. They weren't in it enough. And I understand it because it's point of view. But like mm-hmm. when you got guys like Ben Affleck, when you got guys like Adam Driver, Adam Driver just barely got to touch the things that he can do as oh, an yeah. actor. Sure. And that's a damn shame because we've been through Ben Affleck a long time. We can say a lot of great things. We have recently. We know he's the bombs and phantom, right? He almost got, <laughs> almost got him again, guys. Almost got me to raise almost my hand on that one. Um, but, uh, you know, Adam Driver was somebody who I'm like, oh, a different kind of movie. He's still got a sword, of course. But, like, I want to see what Adam Driver is going to be able sure. to do, right? And I was like, man, he definitely didn't get a chance to fly, and even on his point of view. And I feel like that's kind of a bummer. So I think I was, get, I felt like the movie was setting me up for these expectations, uh, in a way of what I was going to see from some of these characters or whatever it would be. See, <laughs> and, and I didn't really ever get that. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's you definitely took away some things that were great. I wish I'd have taken away more of that that mm-hmm. message, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was so distracted by the long, boring middle that I couldn't get there. Now you get to the, her point of view. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'd watch two and a half hours of her point of view. Right, right. Especially now thinking about what you just said, too, because hers was the most compelling to me. Like, mm-hmm. uh, very honestly, like, Matt Damon's character is pretty fucking shitty, like everybody was back then. Don't get me wrong. Right. But, um, uh, you know, I just didn't expect that, That man, I don't know. I just, I feel like she, hers was so good. Mm-hmm. And then the last half hour, that was it for me. Like, the last half hour, 40 minutes, I'm like, oh, there's a fucking movie here. There's there's something to lose here, you know. So uh, the kick in the can thing got really old throughout the whole thing for me sure. overall, um, and just not enough Adam Driver. But the, listen, the fight scene at the end, everything that last half hour, yeah, makes up for a good degree of my issues with it. Mm-hmm. Um, is this a movie I'd watch again? 
I'm a maybe on that one mm-hmm. as well too. Um, I didn't hate this. I've seen a lot of worse movies in the last year, year and a half, but um, uh, I do think everybody should watch it because there is a good message in there as well too, or at least a thought process. Uh, you know, but at the end of the day. I was really just kind of uh, bored till the last half end. Sure, no, um, I actually thought all four leads were tremendous in this. Um, you know, you know, obviously the stars Ben Affleck, uh, uh, and, and just completely beside himself, like a different type of character. This is a very bizarre Ben Affleck in this movie, yeah, yeah. but he does it well. He chews up. The he, does. Scenes he, he, does. he does. He does. He does. He does really good. Uh, Matt it. Damon, Adam Driver, and uh, Jodie Comer, and. Um, the thing that I find most interesting about this movie is just how it, exp- it how it um explores just the misogynistic way of life back then and the parallels it draws to what we're still trying to figure out what the fuck is wrong today. There's right. so many parallels between the shit that's going on now still and and, and to think that we've made little to no progress. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not burning women at the stake, but we're doing some pretty shitty things to them. Anyways, right. when they do come forward uh, with something as as just as traumatic as rape, but it's a period piece that again it draws a lot of parallels with with a lot of today's issues. Um, there are many parts of the film, um, though they're uh, you know much more archaic, uh, that really gives you perspective just how much of an uphill battle women were fighting against misogynism back in those days. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things that they explore that are just. You're just like, wow, there guys, people were just really shitty back then. Women and and then the thing is it's not just you know, there were some women that were so submissive towards that type of like behavior, they they just gave into it because they were raised up to believe that you do not have a say, you do not have any kind of empowerment. Just give us kids yeah, and, it's learned. and, and that's learned, it. if you're taught that. And and and, and you know, and there are just, you know, Jodie Comer's character, um, Marguerite is one of those characters that's, you know, she's one of those first women that you feel like she's trying to stuff like this ain't fucking cool. Mm-hmm. This type of shit isn't cool. And that part of it like I really I, I I really respected it, but there's just so many instances where it's so bizarre where she is almost portrayed as the villain in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, from when you're watching it from Matt Damon and, and Adam Driver's uh, Adam Driver's perspectives, they they the way they see they're doing things is heroic and manly. And you know, we're mm-hmm. I'm doing this to support my family, and I want to be rich, and I want to be powerful. And right. they, they they from each perspective, they're the good guy. You know, they're not doing anything wrong because of their sense of entitlement and what they feel is you know their their God given right to do whatever they Literally. want. And then, so you get that from their perspectives, but then when you get to Jodie Comer's perspective, Marguerite's perspective, everything that goes on, basically Marguerite is married to Matt Damon's um, Jean Carouche, and and Adam Driver is a squire, but he's also like really good friends with Matt Damon. And one day, you know, Matt Damon, Matt Damon they meet up, and uh, you know, there's kind of a falling out between them because of Ben Affleck's character, Count, um, what's his name, Pierre de Alisson or something like that, in uh, uh, Lecrae, Lecrae, or Lecrae, or no, that was um, that's Adam Driver's character. All right. Anyways, anywho, so Ben Affleck gets involved, and, and he's basically just he's giving Adam Driver that life of entitlement. He's basically showing like you can do whatever you want, and Adam Driver's character becomes corrupted through that, and he sees the type of power that that mm-hmm. Ben Affleck's character has, and he's like, "Hey, man, this is my boy. I can do it if he can do what he wants. I can do what I want." And so basically, he forces himself upon Marguerite, and you know when she accuses him of it, it's just so wild how. So many other people in power and high positions are like they're treating her like the victim, and like and Adam Driver's character is getting all this sympathy, like oh, it's okay, these are, these are terrible crimes, but it'll be okay. We'll get you through. It's like, like he doesn't deserve any kind of like questioning or like nobody deserve he, like he doesn't deserve any kind of like well, 
did you do this? Everyone's like, don't worry, we'll get you through this kind of vibe. And I'm just like, wow, that's really fucked up. But then the thing that really hit me about this movie, especially towards the end when we get to uh, Marguerite's uh, point of view, is like how they're explaining to her, when they explain things like to Adam Driver, like if you're going to be guilty of this, you're going to be hanged. And when you hang somebody, it's instant. You snap their neck and they're dead. That's how, that's how hanging works. But yet they're telling her character, these same like like uh, law people or like laws of the land or whoever they are, they basically tell her, if you're lying about this, mm-hmm. even though you're a mother, you'll be burned at the stake. And they're making sure they tell her. And from my understanding is these women are usually alive 20 to 30 seconds after they start burning up. And it's like, wait a minute. That's so fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. Adam Driver, if you found guilty of this, you'll be hanged. And then, you know, that's it. But if you're if if you're lying, I mean, they don't even know the fact. They even heard the case. They're just saying, you know, if you're lying, not are you okay? Not like what happened. If you're lying about this, you're gonna be burned alive. And yeah, it was, like, it's pretty. It's a pretty wild scene when you're learning all this. Dude, shit. it's just, dude, it was crazy. It was just like, holy fucking shit, dude. That is like just mm-hmm. crazy. But then you take that and you compare it to the stuff that we're dealing with now in society, and we're still have this. There's still this elite group of people, guys, who just think. I can do whatever I want, and I'll get my, I'll, I'll buy my way out of it, or I'll just, you know, settle it, hush hush money, and take care of it, and continue to do my thing. And you see that through Ben Affleck's character, you know, this they live this lavish lifestyle where he's cheating on his wife, and he's having threesomes and all this is orgies, and there's just no consequences. He's his wife is pregnant, and he's having these orgies and stuff, and you're just like, oh my god, what is really? <laughs> it's just, but I mean, you see that again. It's all about that entitlement, and it's just. Dude, the, 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 the scenes that Jodie Comer has in, the, in her final act are just so strong and emotional. You're just like, man, this, I just wanted to get through this. But at the end of the day, even then, dude, even then, like when you get the resolve, it's, it's, it's one more slap to the face of women. At the end of the movie, they're all celebrating, you know, Jean, you know, the, the outcome of it. It's all about him, not so much her. You know what I'm saying? Remember when they're leaving out? They're all cheering. They're like, oh, and he's like, yeah. Right, 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 right. It's like, she just got raped, and everyone's just celebrating him because he went into the duel. And you're just like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Again, it's just all about the focus, and it, it, it was just, man, it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. I The listen, perspective this movie gives you on stuff, using these medieval times and stuff, you're just like, wow, dude. I mean, ugh. Honestly, I I got that in the last half hour. I need the whole movie to tell me that because it was fucking boring. But like, I no listen. Her scenes when she was on, to me, she was my favorite part. Clearly, she was. Uh, she really tore it up when she was, especially when you get to that last back half. You know, get to more her perspective. But um, everything in between just didn't really like. I like I said, I just got sick and tired of the kicking the can down the, the shit. See, like, I thought, but see, here's like here's so when, fucking boring. and I get that part. I mean, I can understand how repetition could be a, an issue with that, but I, I, it was more of the nuanced stuff that I thought were really um, interesting. Is like because, like for example, um, when we're watching Adam Driver's perspective, mm-hmm. when 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 uh, Jean Carouche and her show up to that party, that soiree mm-hmm. that's going on, and he's like, "Hey, go kiss my friend and, and give him a greeting." Mm-hmm. And she goes up and gives him a kiss. And from Adam Driver's perspective, he's like, oh, she liked that. Mm-hmm. You know, the way she reacted, she was like very – and then she flirted with him throughout, you know, mm-hmm. little nuanced flirting. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's all about the guy's perspective. Sure. You know, he's like, oh, she, she wants it, you know. And, you know, misreading these things. But right. then he go to her perspective. She's not enjoying that kiss. Right. She's not flirting with him. She, see, she knows he's a scumbag. Mm-hmm. 
But it's all about the way, you know, Adam Driver see things. And again, that goes back to like guys that, you know, that are in trouble now mm. is they think they take everything as some kind of advance or some kind of a flirt. And you're just like, dude, it doesn't work like that. You know, it's just it's all about it's just really bizarre. The, the, the thinking behind guys in some in some of these situations, especially mm-hmm. back then. Uh, it was wild, dude. I just I couldn't believe it. But I guess maybe for me, like I felt like those stories that those guys were being told, like I see, I know that that's how it was. I know that also a lot of those characters and movies similar to this are usually shitbags. They're mm-hmm. shitty. So like you know, it was they were trying to make me care about Matt Damon, but he kept kicking the can down the road. I just I couldn't like get into sure. that, but because he, he was also shitty. Like, but what I'm saying is, is like that's why I enjoyed so much of like the last half hour mm-hmm. is more of her perspective, which I could would have liked to have more of her. I just don't know if the last half hour would have worked had they not spent so much time. I understand that, up but that I'm stuff saying like when she was involved more, like I don't necessarily, I'm not fully on board whether or not the POV worked as well in this movie. Mm-hmm. Had it been more of a, a standard made movie with these stories interwoven, sure, okay, like, that's what I'm saying, and like. I felt like they were so like they were so obvious. Like, what was the point of going down their POVs when we were obviously already able to figure pretty early that all these characters are shit. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter whose perspective it was, mm-hmm. but the one I cared about, and wanted to know about, and was emotionally invested in was her story. Right. So that's all I'm saying is that the last half hour was more her. No matter mm-hmm. how you look at it, sure. whether it's action or anything, she was more integrated into it, and mm-hmm. that was compelling for me. Where the rest of the movie just wasn't grabbing me oh okay no i, I get that i guess i guess i just you know the way i was looking at it, it's like the first half I, I felt a lot of those scenes that we saw in there made the third act more impactful made it more because it was just such a mm-hmm. big time departure of the the accounts that these guys were giving and, and the way they saw stuff and you're just like man it was just really bizarre and it made that final act more emotional because you're just like man she, she did not <laughs> like you said, everyone's a scumbag. But mm-hmm. I just felt like when you saw from Jean Carouche's perspective, the way they were selling it, it was like he felt he was doing everything he needed to be done. And it was just it was just really um I thought it was great storytelling. Honestly, I thought the way they set up the characters and the way that they played out the scenes, everything was integral to get to that finish line. And like you said, the duel at the end was well choreographed. It was intense. And again, the fact that you would settle this as a a duel. <laughs> That's how you decided if her if she was telling the truth or not mm-hmm. was by putting your faith in God and letting these two guys fight to the death. Again, it just it's a slap in the face because you just can't take this woman's word for it. Right. And she explains that we're gonna let God play it out and let these guys duel to the death because they're the ones that will decide whether she's truthful or not. I just feel like that's just fucking crazy, man. It was uh, it was a wild flick. I really liked it. So uh miguel miguel what's going on there's miguel what baked up, up. Baked what's going on, on dude? youtube uh cuddles yeah you can get a refund uh check will be in the mail for six dollars 87 cents <laughs> uh you said a turn came up in the truth that's correct cuddles yeah that is um but yeah anyways that's all i gotta say about that uh movie but uh it did say truth you're right on that yep so yeah. uh, i loved it i thought it was a really good movie definitely worth watch and definitely check it definitely out and uh, let us know what you think about it in the comments shout us out let us know what you think he's gonna write the book for you later i'm on gonna write cause... the book I don't. And Tone's going to play Karoosh. All right. He's got your haircut. That was your haircut in high school. Shut up. Grow That's up, all he was. We're you going had, to trailers. Like, oh, you had the Billy up. Ray Cyrus. We all saw the pictures. You're so immature. It's all true. right. It's We've true. got a couple of trailers we're going to show here. A couple of them that dropped. One dropped last week. One dropped the other day. Uh, so really excited to talk about it. Let's, talk, let's watch this first trailer. Um, we know that this is based off a short film that showed up on YouTube back in 2019. It caught Will Smith's attention, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, dude, we need to make this a fucking show. 
Mm-hmm. He was he was way into it. He was way into it. And so now here we are, 2022. Next month, we're gonna see a seven episode series of Bel Air. Let's check out this trailer. I'm excited. King of the town. I don't know, man. When I saw that uh, first time that that uh, piece years ago, I was like, "Yo, this is dope." And then I think it'd been out for a while before Will actually saw it. I thought it was almost instantly that he maybe saw it. and maybe it was. I just remember that at some point. He got wind of that and saw that, and he was like, "Dude, I really enjoy like this is a neat idea." Mm-hmm. And I, that's the actual guy involved here playing him too, right? Is that is that my wrong in that or no? I don't uh, know. I don't know. I don't think Morgan Cooper stars in it. Okay. I know. I know. I think directing it, some and writing it. Some. Okay, so he's involved somewhere. I couldn't remember if that was him or not, but uh, yeah, because he looks kind of young now here. Um, but man, you know, listen. If if I had to name sitcoms I watched a lot in the '90s, guess what? Like a lot of people, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was one of them. I grew up on that music even prior to the TV show. So uh-huh. for me, you know, super fan back then. But anyways, um, this is great. Like, fucking give me, give me, give me a new twist. Yeah, I mean, give like, me this twist, man. Uh, Cherry Scrooge said, "I thought this was a remake. This is a dramatic retelling of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So I don't expect this to have the humor." But I do expect it to have the heart because that's made that's the thing that's, that made French. Yes, that made, is. That's what made the Fresh Prince of Bel Air such a such a great show. Always immoral. It had a lot of that eighties nineties like comedy that that goofy comedy, but it also had you know like you said it focused on morals and there was a lot of like lessons to be learned in that show and character growth mm. and then there's some great. I mean there's some amazing. Like, I thought Uncle Phil I, and the guy the actor's name escapes me. Uncle Phil was fucking powerful oh, Jesus, on screen. I, I know it too. He was incredible on that show. Like, I loved Uncle ago. Phil. Like, he was He's such shredder. a powerful figure uh, for Will, like going through the whole process. Because um, Fuck, what's his name? Yeah, I, James Avery. Thank James, you, James Avery. There you he go. did the voice of Shredder in the Ninja Turtle cartoon. Yeah, I really thought this That's this great. trailer looked good. I mean, it looks like it's kind of going down that path of you know it'll probably have some of that Cobra Kai like. High school drama. Obviously, we're going to see that stuff because mm-hmm. that was a part of like you know yeah, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. But I think again, it's going to be much more. Yeah, James Avery did pass away. Uh, it does feel like it's going to be you know obviously it's going to be a much more drama focused. Mm-hmm. I expect there to be some you know clever writing in there. To, you know this and that, but this is going to be more of a dramatic show, and I'm cool with that. A lot of talent involved. It looks good. Uh, obviously, if Will Smith like what he saw, really good. Yeah, I mean, he's it's, producing, it's, isn't he? Yeah, he is, and it's not easy. You know, you can say cash grab or whatever, but it's not easy for somebody like Will Smith or any character where you have a character that you created, and you just go out there and say, "Hey, go ahead and just redo what I did," you know, and, and, and not worry about them fucking it up. Mm-hmm. You know, he obviously understand likes what they're doing. He obviously under, likes the story that he's read, and he's he's down with that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm cool with it. I'm sure I love drama. You know, I love Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So whether or not this works, we don't know. But Jesus, the guy playing Jeffrey looks just like Jeffrey from the show. It's pretty he, yeah, like he's uncanny. A really good, he's really good at uh, yeah. That's a that's a very modern look. Um, uh, but yeah, at, at the end of the day, that's all. What it's all, it's all about, man, is that heart. And honestly, I do want to come back to a couple things out there too as well. Um. Blanco mentioned uh, 30 bucks says they fuck up the Carlton dance. Bet you the dance isn't even going to be in there. I'm sure they're going to make a nod. I bet you'll see somebody in the background. Somebody at that party. Yeah, at that gonna, party, yeah, there's going to be some moron in the background. I don't think it. they're going to do more of a bit about it. But uh, um, <laughs> Tricky said, did we just watch the whole series? That was a three minute trailer. That, that's, that's lengthy for a trailer. Certainly was. Certainly was. Um, but uh, yeah, just kind of checking everything. Uh, everybody says, uh, yeah, we're glad Jaden's not in it as well, too. I Listen, I love Will Smith, so I'm glad he's involved. I'm, I'm Excited that he's involved for sure. 
Um, maybe hopefully, hopefully we get some old school characters, maybe as a cameo or something like that. Maybe not. We probably won't. But uh, um, you know, uh, maybe hopefully some even some fresh prints music would be sweet as well too. El Blanco says Uncle Phil, Carl Winslow, and Al Bunny were three of the best dads of the nineties. I, I don't. I'm not fighting you on that. I'm defending you on that one, bro. <laughs> El Bunny was. T- those are some sweet dads, man. Yeah, those. I mean, are they really were. Sweetheart of a dad, definitely. <laughs> um, what about my two dads? Eh, well, I don't know what to tell you. I think I got canceled like uh, two decades ago. Yeah, it didn't do well now. But yeah, so long. I'm excited about this. Let's 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 go with it. I'm 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 hype. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm very hyped. Uh, February 13th, it'll be on Peacock. That is that's the uh, what, is it NBC? Is that their show? It's NBC, right? Because it's Peacock. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, NBC. Yeah, Peacock. Uh, I don't know what those are. I, I I signed up for Peacock for Halloween Kills, and that wasn't even worth it, so I stopped it then. But Chucky's on there, so Peacock. You it's you know what? There you go. Peacock is a free app. It's free. You can't watch stuff live. That's the only piece I think is a big piece on it, right? I couldn't watch. I couldn't and watch you get, Halloween you unless got, I paid. You get blocked out on stuff, stuff too. I think. I couldn't watch Halloween on Peacock. I had to. I had to. I had to sign up uh, for for Peacock to actually. I had to subscribe mm-hmm. to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if maybe certain stuff is behind a wall, but I couldn't watch Halloween. Um, Four ninety nine. There you go. Oh, not this YouTube <laughs> shit. <laughs> Woo! Hey, and if uh, while he's doing that, just bitch. as a reminder as well, too, if you are a fan of the Fresh Prince and the none other than the greatest uh, man of the wheels of steel, DJ Jazzy Jeff. He does do house parties on Facebook at least once a week. So follow him on Facebook. And if you're just sitting around doing nothing in the home, let him scratch some fucking music for you. You're hanging out and doing the dishes or vacuuming or whatever it is. So pretty neat. Boom. Jazzy Jeff. What up? (laughs) Jazzy Jeff, baby. Greatest DJ of all time. Now, Blanco uh, was hyped about uh, this trailer. Mm -hmm. I know you were hyped about a lot. The world was hyped for this trailer. It's true. And, of course, Disney was like, yo, man, we'll – We'll run that shit during the the playoff game where Matt Stafford is going to throw dimes and tear up the uh, the Cardinals. So let's check out the trailer for Moon Knight. Marvel's Batman, mm-hmm. but psychotic. Well, schizophrenic, I guess. But um, awesome, sweet. Yeah, no, um, dude, this is a character that, while not a super deep cut. Like you can see, there's some fans out here, some people out here. Um, you know, it's 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 a more obscure. A lot of people really. I mean, honestly, who honestly, the fuck man, is when, Moon Knight, right? When people right. started getting hyped yeah. about Moon Knight, I, that's one of the characters where I can honestly tell you, like like Shane T. I was like, I don't even know. I've never even right. heard of Moon Knight. Moon Knight is more, in my opinion, more known than Shang Chi. So Moon Knight is basically the equivalent of saying a Punisher, a Blade. I mean, Ghost Rider. He's really kind of one of the missing ones from that group at this point, which okay. is considered kind of the Marvel Knights, like the more mature rated and more darker characters, darker mm-hmm. things going on with them and, and whatnot. So it's just it's we're finally getting, you know, they're they're moving away from the stuff they've messed with the characters. We've had a lot of things for 30, 40 years, uh, even the great Punisher movie with Dolph Lundgren. Um, we're finally getting to explore some other characters, and this is a good one to do that with because this is one where some of us that want more that maybe some darker undertones or uh, maybe a little bit more violent. I don't know. It's on D plus, so we'll see how far that goes. But um, you know, the schizophrenia things in that nature—it's yeah. all really exciting. And um, yeah, I, I'm super, super stoked. Uh, this is this is something that people have been wanting for a long time, and everybody said. Years before even Disney Plus came out, you couldn't do a Moon Knight mo- a movie properly. It needed something longer, and mm-hmm. here we are. So, 
No, I think I, I thought the trailer was really, really good. Again, like I said, I don't know much about this character. You know, my understanding, it just says in the description of it, a former U.S. Marine struggling with disassociative identity disorder is granted powers of an Egyptian moon god. He soon finds out that these newfound powers can be both a blessing and a curse to his troubled life. <laughs> that sounds fucking dark. Fucking hype, man. Yeah, man. Really and I like when they hype. take these characters who are dealing with these issues and you, and you, and you get, they give them like these powers and he's trying to do the right thing with it, but he's battling his own inner demons at the same time as dealing with these powers. Oscar fucking Isaac. That's wild that Oscar Isaac is doing a show as opposed to a movie. That's pretty wild, man. I mean, my understanding this is only going to be six episodes, so I mean, it's going to have to really? be fleshed out pretty good. Well, it must be long episodes then. I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's. I hope that's going to 48, 40, you know, 52 minutes to, to an hour. Um, but it looks, yeah, it looks mostly like a curse. Princess. I think we probably just saw big chunks from the first and part second episode. I'm guessing right from that too. Um, but yeah, no, Oscar Isaac was the you know, last time he was any superhero thing was the last X Men bullshit movie on Fox, and he played. Apocalypse or whatever that That's was, and right. that was he a was hot apocalypse. mess. And he just finally came out this week and had his commentary about what that was like wearing that suit and all that bullshit. So, um, but a guy like that in a suit like that is almost underutilizing, you know, a guy like this who can do some things. I mean, this is Oscar fucking Isaac. Like, you know, he's he is the future still of Hollywood, and it's. Man, well, I mean, now, so do you hype. think that? Do you think this allows them to move this over to the big screen once they build up the character on Disney Plus? I think, then, oh yeah, Disney Disney Plus is now because the way Disney's building, so to speak, with every yeah, characters. they'll they'll try to keep some stuff maybe more pigeonholed on you know on 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 the series or the series or whatever. But you know, if we get to another end game level battle, well, oh, Moon Knight just showed up, cool, right? You know, things like that. So they can use both to kind of go back and forth. They can use they can use the series to focus maybe on characters from the movies that we want more background on, uh, or maybe want to flesh out more. And but they can use the series to spawn actual stories for characters that will make relevant for the overall arc of everything. So now we talk about you say this is from a more grittier storyline of, of Marvel. Does Moon Knight have anything to do with Blade? Does he have any Yeah, so so yeah, so that's just it. Like people are already hypothesizing, could we get some more Blade in this? Could we get Black Knight in this? Um, could we get Punisher and Ghost Rider like Easter eggs, things Ooh. in that nature as well too? Because those four, like Blade, New Knight, uh, Ghost Rider, and Punisher, are under the Marvel Knights banner. So those guys, like I said, like this is, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get some we're gonna get some fun stuff for mm. sure. Yeah, I thought it was a great. It sure trailer. was trick. Good point. That's and this drops series. on Disney Plus on March 30th. Again, it's six episodes. Mm. Uh, we don't know much outside of like Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke. We don't know anybody other big names that are in. I here. do want to say one of the characters, um, actually tonight, a French character. I don't remember his uh, actor. Um, I don't remember his name. Uh, sadly, today tragically died in a skiing accident. So who did? Um, a character that we don't see in the trailers. Uh, a, an actor that plays a character um, that they think they haven't been confirmed whether he's in this yet. Oh, really? Because um, I think they're trying to keep some secrets, but he tragically uh, passed away today in a skiing accident. So uh, really unfortunate to hear that. So uh, thoughts with uh, everybody in the family. I'm sorry. I, I just it came through right before we went live. So um, yeah, real unfortunate. Uh, we got some info out there too. Marvel Knights team was a name given to Daredevil's unnamed superhero team besides Daredevil, Black Widow, Dagger, Moon Knight, Shang Chi, and Luke Cage. Marvel Knights. Um, so. I guess I'm more talking the actual books, um, not the name of the group. So, like, in Marvel, you might have, um, in, like, in the top right left corner, it would say Marvel Knights. That meant that these were comics that were more grittier. Um, that's more of an actual team that, yes, Daredevil built. Gaspard Ulio, is that the name of the person? I'm assuming that's who uh, Cherry I believe, yep, 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 yep. So that was really unfortunate to hear there. Maybe we'll get an Ultimate Alliance on Game Pass and do a complain Moon Knight. Hey, there you go. 
Awesome. There you go. Sweet. There you go. That'd be I fucking do sweet. Do own both those games on Sony though, which is cool. Thanks, Cherry. Appreciate that. Uh, he was also on West Coast Avengers too. That's what Justin Bush says. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So Boom. Moon Knight was on uh, one of the Avengers at one point. Awesome. Appreciate that information. He like I said, fan, that's that's why fan. we got, that's why we like these people in the chat, man. There's people who are, who are uh, full of knowledge when mm-hmm. it comes to Marvel, and we appreciate the uh, the feedback. So thank you very much on that. Uh, but overall, I thought it was a dope trailer, man. Mm-hmm. I was really excited about. It. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm excited to get the show. And like you said, from this perspective, you know, from a Disney Plus perspective, a character I don't know jack shit about. I'm probably going to get a lot of backfilling on that, so I'm cool with that. Uh, Marvel Knights was also the name of a production arm of Marvel Studios intended to be used to produce some of Marvel's darker mm-hmm. and lesser-known titles. Punisher Warzone, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance were the only films released under the Marvel Knights banner. Right, so, um, yeah, and the, and Punisher Warzone was dark as fuck. Now, I don't even want to get in that discussion. I actually like that movie, but, um, uh, yeah, those were just really the only few that got a chance to bite into this. So, here we are. Really yeah. exciting. Moon Knight was one of them. Dope trailer, man. I'm really excited for that. No, it's Oscar Isaac, dude. Oscar Isaac. Talented as fuck. Let's do this. All right. On to uh, one of the bigger topics. Tom, we had a megaton drop yesterday around 8 a.m. Jason Schreier put out a tweet going, hey, this just in. Sounds like uh, Xbox is making a small purchase. Let's talk about said purchase. Yesterday... Microsoft went out and dropped close to $70 billion. 68.7 billion dollars to acquire Activision Blizzard in the largest deal in gaming history. It was the largest deal, the biggest amount of money anyone has ever spent in an acquisition of any kind. Uh, this deal makes Microsoft the num- world's number three game company behind only Sony and Tencent. And Tencent, God, that's, they're just, man, that's crazy. Like, they're so mysterious, yet they just buy everything. But, Tone, this fucking thing dropped huge, huge news. Yeah. I mean, this sent ripples to the industry, social media, everywhere. This was wild, dude. I mean, this was big dick energy. Mm-hmm. And, again, it. It goes back to what Microsoft is trying to do, not so much for Xbox consoles. They're obviously they're they're gonna benefit from this, but this is about Game Pass, which again continues every time, every day really, uh, that this is the best deal in gaming. You have to have game it's almost to the point, dude, where if you don't even have an Xbox, you should probably have Game Pass. Somewhere. Somewhere. Whether it's through your browser on PC, through your phone, whatever. But Tone, your initial reaction when you woke up yesterday, I was sending those messages going, dude, look at this shit. I was a lot of emotions. I was fucking shocked. It made the caffeine go down a lot faster because I was just like, what? Um, a lot of excitement. That's crazy. I mean, it's nothing we've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, Activision's not always been, uh, you know, a super fun publisher that I enjoy. Like, there's some titles in there I do love. Some really hidden gem Easter eggs I really love, but outside of that, I'm not a Call of Duty player. I don't play World of Warcraft. Overwatch and Diablo are probably, excuse me, two of the bigger titles that I care about. Um, But, you know, even then, like, that was a whole merger that happened years ago that was originally its own, what's how long? Exclamation point, enter for a chance to win three months of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. You have, like, 20 seconds. Exclamation point, enter. Everyone enter in right now. 
It's going to announce a winner. Exclamation point enter. If you haven't entered in for a chance to win, get in there now. It's going to announce the winner. Exit. That'll work. There you go, Kronos. There you go, buddy. There's Kronos, one of the rage. Tricky fucking region. Tricky fucking region. Exclamation point claim. Tricky. There it is. There he is. There he is. Everybody get those rigged out there. <laughs> Hammer me, guys. Give him some shit. Give him some shit. Let him know what's up. Let him know he's a scumbag. There you yep, go. Yep, Carlos yep. is banning him. Everyone give Tricky some shit. Congratulations, Trick. You Appreciate you, buddy. three months of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate coming your way, and we will get you after the show. Congratulations, my dude. Appreciate your support. Always, buddy. And, yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. Time to trade in the 360 trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Time, time to take a lame stop. That is awesome. I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. So, um, a lot. Again, a lot of things was going on through my head. Uh, it definitely was a lot of excitement. And, um, again, I I only play or cared about two of the 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 games on here necessarily. Um, so, you know, overall for me, is it a, does it gonna affect me as a gamer? It will not. But um, does it affect other people um, in their emotions? Apparently so, because Twitter was a hot mess for the most last 24 hours. Um, but this is crazy because like I, it, there, there, there's excitement because Game Pass continues to grow and get bigger and does exactly what Microsoft wants it to do, and it's going to continue to do that, and nobody else is doing it. So full steam ahead. Is there some concerns? For sure. You have a lot of games like this. Is it going to saturate your titles? Um, where does that do for competition? Are you going to deal with legal um, stuff down the road when it comes to monopolization? More than likely, somebody's going to look at you. That's a pretty big acquisition. Right. That's a big fucking acquisition. Microsoft already owns wallets and prints money as it is, so mm -hmm. they're already uh, you know always under some form of lens. But um, at the end of the day, like business is business. Is this going to now create some form of arms race? I mean, I think in a fantasy world, it sounds great and it might happen. Um, we'll just have to wait and see, right? But we don't know. But um, it's just wild to think that one of the big three gaming consoles or whatever, like just in, in that, in that thought process, like we'll say consoles mm -hmm. has just bought one of the most massive publishers. Yeah. The big, now did they technically buy Vivendi and that's what happened? Cause Vivendi is the one that actually, I believe overall as a parent company is the, you never hear Vivendi come up very often, but oh, uh, was, was it, question. I want to say they actually technically bought Vivendi. I think, I could be wrong on that, unless that's when Vivendi sold it to Activision. But I think somebody still owned that. That happened because of Vivendi, because Vivendi used to own Activision, and then they bought Blizzard at some point. And I mean, you you want to talk about like how big of a deal this is? The next biggest publisher out there is valued at thirty eight million, and that's EA. Mm -hmm. And this sucker sold for seventy billion. So this was the biggest publisher, and it wasn't even fucking close. Like it wasn't even close. Uh, you know, uh, oh man, the chat's already going. Dude. Jimmy Z mentioned, you know, is this the kind of a monopoly situation? I'm sure they'll, you know, it'll face some scrutiny. But I think that the issue is, dude, is um, I don't know if they can hit this with with, with the monopolization thing because honestly, it's not okay, just a three headed industry anymore. It's not just Sony and Xbox and, and Nintendo. You have Facebook, you have Google, you have Amazon, you have Tencent. There's a lot of big players in the gaming space outside of consoles. Mm -hmm. And 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 Forge mentioned it earlier. You know, this is a content war. This is or Carlos mentioned it's a content yes. war. This is about content. This isn't about selling hardware anymore. I mean, Xbox is past that. The box is great. They love their boxes, the most powerful console out there, and this and that. But this is about content. And the other reason that this I don't think this is gonna do well uh, when it comes to monopolization is because 
even though everyone thinks, you know, it's short sighted, they look at it, this is just, you know, it's Xbox that's getting this. It's not just that. Anybody with a fucking browser or a fucking mobile phone can sign up for Game Pass. This is bigger than the box. It's content. The, 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 the fucking console war is a joke. Only goofballs are involved in that. This is about content. This is about making Game Pass comparative to like Netflix. This make the, when 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 this when all the when, when Sony comes out with their Spartacus and when, when when all these other programmers start doing their streaming services, Microsoft's going to have such a fucking head start on this. Mm-hmm. It's it's wild, man. I mean, they're, they're looking ahead. Content is king. We know streaming works. I've played Google Stadia. It works great. You can stream games and play just fine. It's a good experience. So they know what they're doing. They know it's a viable option. Five years ago, everyone was like, man, you can't fucking stream games. That shit doesn't work. Yes, it does. And if people still believe it doesn't work, they don't know what they're talking about. They haven't tried it. It works great. Cloud service is definitely the future. Mm-hmm. And they're preparing for that with Game Pass. And that's the thing, man. Like, when people sit there and complain, like, you know, especially like when you see so many guys, well, that's not fair. Dude, you have a phone, you have a browser, go play these games. You'll be able to play Call of Duty. Now, do I want to play a first-person shooter on stream? I would prefer to play it locally on my hardware, but at the end of the day, I know streaming works enough where I can go out there and play these games. I can play Call of Duty single player on mm-hmm. stream if I have to. Mm-hmm. I can stream that. But it's not about making the Xbox console the place to play. It's making Xbox ecosystem the place to be. We said this a long time ago, and it's probably been a year at least, that Xbox, Microsoft is looking ahead with Game Pass and the things they've been doing and the things they were buying. It was probably back when Bethesda got bought. They are they haven't been making money on Xboxes for a long ass fucking time. They ain't making they they those things do not make them money. Mm-hmm. They can't even produce them right now. They don't make money. Mm-hmm. However, they're not competing in that market. They're looking two steps ahead. They're yeah. competing for the Google. They're making money elsewhere. They're competing for Amazon. Yep. They know that cloud streaming gaming and gaming services and streaming is the future. They want you to buy at some point, maybe down the road, Game Pass, but first you buy your $100 stick, you stick in your TV, now you've got Game Pass and an HDMI port, and now you can play all day like that, and there's no console, and they've caught, it might take 20 bucks to make. That's what they're looking for. That's what they want. And and going forward, that's where gaming is going to end up going at some point. And, mm-hmm. and we know that, and they, they know that. They've seen it with the Stadia. They know with Amazon and things like that, Netflix gaming. Like, they're just trying to stay, you know, kind of, Ahead of the game and keep you know that relevancy, um, which they don't need to have relevancy. They got relevancy, but you know, at, at the end of the day, this was a long-term move. It's a lot of money, but they have a lot of money, and this is definitely going to be a way that will probably, in the long run, make them money too, because they've got a lot of fucking titles in there that can make some fucking money. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great stuff up there. We'll come. To, we're going to come to some of your guys' content or your 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 thoughts out here because you guys got a lot of great stuff, but. Uh, just know we're getting there. Um, we appreciate appreciate your thoughts. So, um, but at the end of the day, it's it's still it's still there's a still I mean it's still exciting. It is just to see something crazy like this. So, uh, Jimmy Z says, how long before Game Pass ultimately goes from fourteen ninety nine a month to nineteen ninety nine? That's know, gonna happen. It's gonna happen at some point. But that, yeah, just when. You know, and, and, and you know we you know and now look before we get into this next segment when we talk about some of these things, I'm going to let you guys know, I am not a financial wizard. I am I don't have information. From Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo, the logistics of what they see and why they do the things they're gonna do. I'm not gonna pretend I know that shit. I'm not. But all I can do is look at things from a consumer's perspective and try to figure out, you know, how this makes sense and how this is going to affect us. But you know, you look at, you know, 
again, this is from a layman's perspective. You know, Tricky you know, or Jimmy Z asks, how long before Game Pass Ultimate goes fourteen ninety nine to nineteen ninety nine? Look, obviously they're spending big time money. In the in this year alone, they've spent sixty eight million on on uh, sixty eight billion on on Activision, or we'll, we'll round up seventy billion on Activision, eight billion on Bethesda. A seventy eight billion dollars. You got to make that money up somewhere. Now, yes, Game Pass uh, is up to twenty five million subscribers. That's fucking enormous. Multiply that by fifteen bucks. Yeah, that's fucking enormous. Mm-hmm. But they're not just trying to break even. They're going to want to make billions and billions and billions of dollars. So that price is going to go up. But here's the thing: like I was, always, and the big question now is, well, does that mean Call of Duty is going to be exclusive going forward? And of course, you know, here's 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 Phil. Phil does the same response. Xbox Phil Spencer to Bloomberg. I'll just say to players out there who are playing Activision Blizzard games, that's very vague, uh, on Sony's platform, it's not our intent to pull communities away from that platform, and we remain committed to that. That's cool. That sounds a lot like Bethesda. This deal was not done to take games away from another player base like that. Nowhere in the documentation that we put together was, how do we keep other players from playing these games? We want more people to be able to play games, not fewer people to be able to play games. That sounds a lot like what he said about Activision. We're not trying to pull people away, and they're not, because xCloud is readily available to anybody who has a PlayStation. I can pick up, if I didn't have a PlayStation, I can pick up my phone, connect my, my controller to it, and boom, I'm playing Call of Duty. I can link it up on my, my PC, I'm playing, my, I'm playing Call of Duty. So they're technically not removing it. Now, from locally on discs, Probably, but they mentioned, you know, we're not taking these things away. Look at fucking Bethesda. Fallout 76, Elder Scroll Online, live service games. They're going to continue to get support. They have fan bases that are there that are constantly looking for updates. They're not going to abandon those people. Warzone. They're not going to take Warzone off of Sony consoles or wherever else you can play it. Warzone will stay. Now, whether or not... we'll. Players will see the uh, the single-player campaign or the multiplayer remains to be seen. I think the multiplayer should go the way of, like, uh, Halo, make that free-to-play. They have their store, have that, and make their money that way. But, like, the campaigns, especially if they do what I hope they think they do, and they make this maybe every two years. Because if you have Halo That's out there, you, you don't need Call of Duty every single fucking year. Uh, Jimmy Z, I don't even think the PS5 has a fucking browser yet. He said, can you play Game Pass games on a PS5 browser? I don't even think the PS5 has a browser yet. No, and the 4 did. Uh, it's, it's just really bizarre. They don't even have their browser set up How yet. bizarre. But, I mean, if they could take – dude, if they can we, – we know that the Call of Duty campaigns can be exciting, but they're typically very short, six hours. But that's because you're kicking out a game every year. Even though, to be fair, when one studio is working on Call of Duty for one year, another studio is working on a game from you know two years ago. So the cycle is there. But at the end of the day, this only gives them two years to develop. If you say something, I mean, if you look at all the studios that are working on Call of Duty, Sledgehammer, Raven, mm-hmm. Treyarch, Infinity Ward, you have four studios. You look at the games that these studios have made in the past. What's the one game that Raven made that was fucking sweet uh, from Activision where you use your hands for your powers? Do you remember that game? Summoner. No, 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 no. Do you, uh, do you remember it or no? No. Do does anybody remember the Activision game? The name escapes me, and it was fucking cool as hell, and it was made by either Raven or Sledgehammer. I think it was Raven. Uh, but um, it's, it's, it's just, uh, dude, I, I think it's just it's a great deal for Game Pass. It's not really so much pulling things away from people, but I don't have an issue. Now, whether or not, um, oh, fuck, I lost my train of thought. 
Is it prototype? Prototype? No, not prototype. That it was, was a cool game though. Oh god, it was um prototype. Ter- prototype was terrible. Mm. Um, fuck. Talk about this. I'm gonna look this game. I have to know what this game is. Sorry. Go what, ahead. what do you want me to talk about? Whatever. Uh, oh, Activision stuff. Yeah, oh well. What games are you looking forward to on game? But what, what games do you think would work on Xbox? I think Diablo. Would I s- somebody was trying to argue me on this too, but I, I think this like listen. People have wanted World of Warcraft on console for a long time, and. I know there's people out there that are like, uh-huh, who's going to want it on console? Well, they've wanted it for a long time. They have a browser on Xbox. You could literally play World of Warcraft on an Xbox One. And some people are like, well, they got to figure out a controller. No, they don't. They can just hook up your computer and a fucking mouse. People just want that as an option. Guess what? There's people out there that don't want to spend $800 or more on a fucking uh, computer and upgrade it every fucking other year to keep make sure they're relevant. Some mm-hmm. people just want to buy a console and maybe just want to play WoW on a console. Though. Now, I know PCs are more popular these days, which is fantastic, but some people just want to play that on a console. Now isn't it out for them to say, oh, cool, um, guys over there, even on Xbox uh, Series S, you guys want to play WoW? Cool. It's actually just log into your Blizzard stuff on your browser and play WoW there. Just grab a keyboard and mouse. Right. So um, I think that's really cool. I think this, if this gives the opening for games like Overwatch to be free to play on Game Pass and maybe even the new Diablo, which was originally supposed to be on PC, mm-hmm. and they're like, man, maybe we should get that cranked out on the console soon. Mm-hmm. That's exciting too. So you know this 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 gives Activision and their developers more resources because they've got more money. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. The game I'm thinking of is Singularity. I don't know if you ever played Singularity. Highly underrated game from the I PS3 do, right? Xbox I, I know what you're 360 about era. Yeah, Singularity was, like, was fucking yeah, awesome. That was, that was by Raven, and I yeah. think I like the idea of uh, because I mean they don't need to kick out Call of Duty every year now because of what they're making off of Game Pass. I mean, if they're including Game Pass, they don't need it every single year. But the thing, like, I want to see Raven get another shot at Singularity. I want to see what Sledgehammer can do outside of Call of Duty. These are all fucking talented developers that have been saddled and just, like, attached to Call of Duty because that's what Activision wanted. They wanted it every single year. Mm-hmm. But, man, Singularity was fucking awesome. Yeah, that I was love uh, Singularity. That was one of those games at GameStop where you go to the bin. It was four dollars. Was always in that bin. Uh, I mean, like I said, if, if anyone's played it, they'll 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 tell you that it was really good. I really like Singularity, but um, I want to see what these other developers can do. If you want to saddle like Treyarch and Infinity War with the Call of Duties going forward, fucking sweet. But like like these other studios, Beanox, who's always been like kind of like a support team for Call of Duty, let them work on something. This this yeah. really frees them up to like because now Xbox has like thirty one or thirty two studios. Mm-hmm. You can sit there and take your time. Like, what do you want to make? You know, I gotta wonder if maybe they're gonna start like getting at people for license, like certain licenses as well too. They got a huge bunch of people to work on stuff. Like, and a lot of these, give us your license. A lot of these studios have game. fucking games that they haven't touched in years. I mean, isn't High Moon a part of fucking? If they're, I don't know. High Moon Studios? We, Prime, is High Moon actually a developer that's under Activision? I believe they were. I believe they handled some of the they handled some of the stuff but let's up keep for in Destiny mind, 2 when they I, were with Activision. I don't know if it's still not together there, but they do technically own the Dead Space franchise. So if they ever said, hey, Visceral, or hey, what the team is called now, hey, you guys want to make a new Dead Space? Wait, who? Activision owns Dead Space? I don't think EA. EA. Never mind. No, I was gonna it. say that's EA. Wow, I got really excited for a minute over nothing. Oh my god, I shit over my pants. I'd be like, this is the best. Yeah, just bring Dead Space back. Jesus um, God, yeah. You know, so now, like the question around going around is like, what does Sony have to do uh, to reply to this? Like, I'm not so much. Um, I, honestly, man, I don't like the whole buying up publishers. Mm-hmm. I don't like the whole buying up of publishers things. Um, but it, it, you know, here we are. Content is king, and um. I That's just right. uh, 
Yeah, like, I mean, look at High Moon. What they make? They made the Transformers games? Yeah, and they make COD shit. Can we fucking get them back on Transformers no now? No shit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, these 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 developers have done Turtles. these developers have done great games outside of Call yes. of Duty. This gives them the opportunity to do that. Yes, and I'm fucking hyped about that. And again, you put stuff like that out there on Game Pass, quality games from quality developers, the value just continues to skyrocket. You have to have it. But going back to the Sony thing, you know, does Sony need to uh, buy a publisher? No, I don't think they need to buy a publisher. The thing that Sony does good. As opposed to buying publishers, they buy up licenses. I wouldn't be surprised if Sony goes to Marvel and says, let us make exclusive Marvel games. Or they go to Disney, let us make exclusive Star Wars games. That's what Sony does. They, 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 they buy up licenses. They, they, they lock those. They don't go for publishers. Mm-hmm. They go for specific content that players enjoy, like, 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 like really, really like popular shit. Mm-hmm. I could see them making a move. I don't see them going out and buying an EA. Maybe a smaller de- uh, develop. They'll continue to buy developers, I think. Right. But publishers, no. I don't. I don't really. At the end of the day, I don't see. Like, we ask, do they need to do anything? No. Why do they got to do anything? I, they, 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 being honest, when I say that, what would they need to do to compete with this? Well, nothing. So we took some third-party games off the fucking playboard for them. Mm-hmm. They don't. They have a Japanese market with all kinds of developers mm-hmm. and niche people that buy them. Xbox has never been able to bust into the Japanese market mm-hmm. and still can't. Not as well as, you know. So they've got a home base full of different types of titles and games and people with an ecosystem that buy it for that reason. RPG games, anime games, whatever it is. You know, so there's nothing they really need to do. I mean, it's it's like, it's honestly like comparing an apple and orange. Mm-hmm. They're both fucking round, but they're also still different. Like. You know, at the end of the day, again, we're talking about third-party titles. Sony doesn't need to do anything. People are going to buy Sony machines for their games for the reason they need to. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is something that's good because this is as far as what Microsoft wants to do, which is create Game Pass and move forward. Now, does that mean Sony needs to think about stream gaming and cloud gaming in the future? Yeah, a lot of people do, and they're already behind the game because Microsoft's already four steps ahead of you. Mm-hmm. But that, but that's a whole that's a discussion for another day. Sure. Right now, Sony has nothing they need to do. There's people out there saying doomsday things. Oh, Nintendo's done. I mean, if you if you look if at if you or, look or, or at Sony's if done. you look at Blizzard, I mean, Diablo obviously popular franchise, Overwatch popular franchise, but you look at what Sony's doing. They have God of War Ragnarok, they have Horizon Forbidden West. They, I mean, these there, there's very little things in either Activision's catalog or mm-hmm. Xbox's catalog that even comes close to the mm-hmm. stuff that Sony has produced. So I mean, they're not about quantity. And I'm not saying that these studios, I'm not saying Bethesda and Activision can't churn out good shit with the studios they have. They can definitely can. And I think because they have 32 teams, they can space stuff out where they can allow these teams to build mm-hmm. stuff that is fucking on that level or close to it. So, I mean, I'm not too worried about Sony right now because they have a track record, like 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 Prime said, that, that analogy is accurate. Sony's a steakhouse. You're going to wait, but the food's going to be great. Xbox is at McDonald's, and everyone's eating at McDonald's. And not everything is great at McDonald's. You know, that's the thing you got to think about it, too. Not everything is great at McDonald's. And I'm not saying Sony always kicks out bangers. I mean, they have some duds in there as well. But they constantly have really right. good products. So, no, Sony is not on the road. Sony is not dying. But And do I expect them to make a move? Yes. Do I expect them to buy a publisher? No. I think that would be absolutely fucking ridiculous. I think that – I mean, uh, and Miss Cannon, I'm not going to say Halo isn't great. I love Halo. But I'm, I'll be the first to tell you right now, I, I've, I've played through the campaign. I've let it settle. I don't even think it comes close to like Halo Five in terms of the storytelling or the set pieces. Mm-hmm. When I play the Halo campaign, that thing like open worlds have been done better, action set pieces have been done better, even on Xbox exclusives. 
Yes, the multiplayer is fucking awesome. Multiplayer is fucking awesome. That campaign was kind of meh. And, and I mean, if, if people want to get mad about it, that's fine. I'll back it up. The open world was lame. There wasn't a lot going on. The action set pieces were far and few between. And it was just kind of a eh type of situation. I, I felt like Halo 5, and I know people don't like Halo 5, but in terms of, 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 of like the, the storytelling and the action, way better. Prime's a, yeah, Prime's a Halo guy. He thinks it's okay. He's beaten it four times now. But, I mean, he's a Halo guy. He loves it. He's going to play it. But at least he can be objective and say, it's not all that great of a campaign. I don't think it was a great campaign. I have completely forgotten that campaign. I like the multiplayer. That's fun. But, to, you know, not to get off track here, I don't think Sony needs to make a quick move. I don't think they make a big splash. Just continue to do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Buy up these uh, other developers that will help you create new content. Mm-hmm. Let your, your first-party studios, who are all mostly really well-regarded, uh, there's been nothing as big as Skyrim. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying Skyrim is a bad I'm not saying these games are bad, but, I mean, you can't sit there and say Skyrim blows away games like The Last of Us 2 or God of War Ragnarok. You can't, or God of War. You can't say that these games are it, it, they're infinitely bad. I just I don't, I don't think you can say that. Yeah, Prime, I was going to say, wait a second, nothing as big as Skyrim. I guess it depends on what you mean by that, but, uh, I mean... I mean, if you want to talk yeah. about sales, sure. But you rehash your system every console cycle. But I mean, cycle. if you put out God of War every on every platform in the uh, Sony series and just keep putting it out and put it out everywhere, yeah, it's going to sell well. But I'm not. But I got, at the end of the day, I love Skyrim. I really liked. I liked Skyrim. I thought that game was really, really cool. I yeah. thought it was a lot of fun. It was a great story. It was it was a great world to explore. But you know, it's just. It is what it is. Like I'm not. I'm not dissing Skyrim. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. I'm not dissing Skyrim. I'm not dissing anything that Microsoft has done. I I really like their games. I play their games all the time. I've been playing Forza Five religiously lately. I don't know why. My kid loves it. and I love it. It's fun. Uh, but you know, it's just no. I don't think Sony needs to make a big, a big splash. Right? I just think again, it's it's they're every. Uh, I think they're doing two different things. The Sony's investing again into VR again. I do and- think Sony is going to react quicker. To get a streaming service I'm out, I'm sure they probably do something. Yeah. They're obviously going to work really quick to get Spartacus out there. They're going to have to do something though, because every time Xbox buys these publishers and it, it solidifies Game right, Pass, right. what is Sony going to do with Spartacus to make it as appealing when their library might not have all those third party support? They don't have the Bethesdas in their corner now. If they open up like PlayStation One gems and PlayStation Two gems that people have been wanting, I love those. Are, are you talking about reboots or are you just talking about those games? Just being able to access those games, <sighs> people want backwards compatibility. Man, I, I, well, here's the thing. I don't really necessarily. I was gonna care. say like here's the thing. Like when it but comes to backwards compatibility, I, I, I don't. Me, I, it's me, it's irrelevant. I but I, we're I talking about you. us. Yeah, but it's important though. That, a lot of that's people important do to more than yeah a ton of people. Um, so again, again, at the end of the day. I digress because I feel like they're not going to do anything. They don't need to do anything. They're creating VR. They they, they do care about ha- uh, hardware. They make money off their hardware yeah. because it sells. Like you know, but that's not their, but that, their main but, game but, you know, they're, they're Both of these companies are focusing on different things. I think Xbox gave up the console game during the Xbox One generation because they they couldn't even make a profit off that at all. So mm-hmm. you know, I think and they and, and I think at this point they're they're they want to get out of the hardware so they can just focus on the software and then just keep printing that money, bro. Keep printing that money. So, See, I'm, um, in, I'm in Cuddles' camp. Backwards compatibility shit. I can't play the games I played last week. Like I said, man, it's, it really just comes down to, and again, Cherry Squishy says she'd buy a PlayStation if they had that capability. I am not discrediting the people that love backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. And basically, a lot of the numbers show, if you look up some of these numbers and reports, a lot of people want it, 
but not a lot of people use it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not one to one, and I feel like sometimes they just want to say, "Hey, I want that because I want the opportunity." Oh, it's definitely to it. it's definitely materialistic. People want that option. Mm-hmm. I like having the option, but do I ever use it? Absolutely not. I don't. SoCom really too, and I'm gonna go on the SoCom two train. I love SoCom two. If they fucking brought Spartacus on and said, "Hey, you can play SoCom two, the PS2 version, in back compat mode," no, absolutely not. I'd be like, go fuck yourselves. I'm not touching that fucking game, bro. Because we've evolved. Mm -hmm. Things have evolved. Some games, I want the memories, not the experience. Go try and play GoldenEye right now with (laughs) one fucking stick. Resistance? Go try try and play GoldenEye. Resistance, Fallen Man. I fired that up on the PS3 today. I was like, oh, the fuck is up with these controls, bro? People are full of shit when they say they play GoldenEye and have a good time because you got to adjust yourself using one analog stick again. It's horse shit. Oh, God. I tried doing that a decade ago or so, and I'm like, I'm not doing this shit ever again. So. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm dying. I'll uh, kung fu movies too. It hurt, but I don't watch that shit anymore. Yeah, so let's 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 back up some. I do want to go through now. We want to give some time. Yes. We do want to hear some thoughts on people now. We're gonna scroll back way, 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 uh, as well too. I'm gonna go deep into this one, and man. I need to deep. Use the oh, are you serious? Yeah, You're bad. such a wimp, bro. Bad, bad, All right, let's see. Um, concept or uh, Prime said people buy it every year and they just spend sixty billion. COD will stay annual. It makes millions. Even Vanguard is making big. He makes a point. I mean, obviously, COD is. A yearly money maker. Mm-hmm. It could be the worst fucking COD in history, and it's going to be the top selling game of the year. Mm-hmm. And it'll be the top selling game continuously throughout mm-hmm. the year, every month until the next COD comes out. I mean, it is a money machine, but at the same time, you look at Game Pass and the money you're, I think the money you're making off of Game Pass, because yeah, it's a, it sells a bunch, but you're not going to have to sell it anymore, Prime. If it's an exclusive, you're not selling it on Xbox. You're not se- you're selling it in Game Pass, so technically you're not going to get the sixty seventy bucks unless you put it on PlayStation, unless you put the whole experience on PlayStation. You're yeah. not going to Charge get them that. Fuckers full you're, price. It's, you're getting the fifteen bucks a month or whatever it is for the year. Obviously that adds up a lot too. But I'm just saying it doesn't have the same if it's a part of Game Pass. You're not you're not making the sixty bucks seventy bucks a pop. I just feel like they can step away from the yearly cod, but I do think it's a good point too. It, it is a moneymaker. I feel like they would make more money if they put it on other consoles. And if it is on PC, but it's going to be on Game Pass here. So you kind of have to put it on PlayStation to make that work in terms of making money off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see what else we got here. Trace Squeezie said, it was acquired by Vivendi Games in January 2006 and placed under Sierra Entertainment. Sierra Entertainment. That's like a 1994 like PC I used to play on playing some of those Sierra games. Wow. Sony doesn't have to do anything. They own zillions of movies and gaming IPs. That's, yeah, kind of, yeah. Is Nintendo, do they need to buy anyone? Nintendo will never buy anybody. If they do, it'll be so obscure. Nintendo is like Disney. And, you know, the thing is, man, I feel like, you know, know, everyone affords, you know, it's it's crazy how they say, like, you know, and I think that's a good point. Does Nintendo make a move? Everyone's like, no, I don't need to make a move. Nintendo makes some of the worst decisions ever. They have an archaic online system. They beat. They marched to their own beat of their own drum, and I and I respect that. Why can't anyone give Sony that same respect? Sony's been around since '95. They know what they're doing. They have one of the best selling consoles of all time in the PS2. The PS4 was an incredible selling console. They're not fucking stupid. Uh, it's because of fandom. It's you know that's that's the other thing. Like I, I'm not saying Sony is on the same level as Nintendo, but Sony is doing really really well over the course of time they've done really well they built up a brand so i mean i think they're doing okay um let's see what else we got here 
There was a fight about Skyrim out there. I saw that for was a minute. The Skyrim thing broke Skyrim out. Skyrim fight. That was hot news that Skyrim's been released on another console today, probably. Uh, I do like what Oblanco said about the Halo open world. Best thing about the open world were the grunts of the propaganda towers. Those things were fucking hilarious. Yeah, the yeah. grunts would talk some mad shit about Chief and other mm-hmm. stuff. It was really funny. Uh, keep in mind, though, uh, yeah, somebody kind of mentioned Minecraft. Minecraft still is on uh, PlayStation, by the uh, way. Minecraft's on Minecraft is Skyrim. Well, it's because it's, 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 a, it's a cod. It's a, it's a moneymaker. Mm-hmm. It prints its own shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, Prime threw out four VH mo- VHS movies. What movies did you throw out, Prime? <laughs> well, you know what they were. Oh, all Kung Fu movies. They were all oh, sticky. There we go. Don't lie. They were sticky. <laughs> Don't even lie. They were sticky. The dude loves the 70s porn. Uh, Jimmy, v sa- Jimmy Z says, I feel like Xbox branding is really confusing. I went to Best Buy and the Xbox One games are mixed in with Xbox Series S, X games. That as games- somebody, at, yeah. I mean, I know. I always love that. I always love that conversation. Um where people are always like, uh, oh, it's not confusing. Yes, it is. I had a, a guy I work with. He messaged me the other day. He goes, hey, so I got my son an Xbox uh, Xbox One S. You know, that's the new one, right? And I was like, no, bro. Yeah. It, it's the series. This is the I, one as somebody want. that sold video games for those systems for about four months, yeah, it was fucking annoying. He knows. Yeah, for for yeah for all. Well, Series X at least adapted a little bit differently, but they started doing their package branding, and, like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was fucking annoying. Pulling shit like that out of drawers. So five delay venoms, drunken master, and a couple other ones he can't remember. Five delay venoms. I don't think I've. I don't even know. I've heard of that one. Is it? Is it that bad? I don't know. What he's doing. Sony is the Yankees. Everyone hates the Yankees and loves. <laughs> loves the Cubs. That's hilarious. The lovable losers. Um, no, I just. I, I do think it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, you know, we have to wait and see. This is going to. I think this is supposed to finish at sometime uh, during the fiscal year of 2023, which is, I believe, July 2022 till June 2023. That's when this will come. This deal will either come to a close. I don't expect it to. I mean, I expect it to catch some shit from uh, you know regarding mon- monopolization. But I think the fact that it's not just a, a big three anymore. There's a lot of players in the gaming space, and uh, you can. There, there's uh, XCloud is readily available to a lot of people, barring you have the internet. If you have a mobile phone that has a browser, or even an app, or if you have a PC that has a browser and decent internet, you're not incapable of playing these games right they're readily available to you all you have to do is sign up for game pass i mean if anything you don't have i mean it's a it's a boon for, for people who don't have a system they don't have to pay for a fucking system that's they don't have to buy an xbox they don't have to buy a pc or a high-end pc but that's where they're going that's why they're making these purchases smart that's why they're making these purchases. it's not about the fucking box anymore you guys it's not it's about content it's about content and that's what microsoft wants and that's what people want and that is what they're uh that's what they're. That's what making these moves for. That's the future of it, baby. It is breaking, what it is. Breaking news. Tony, you gotta go tinkle. Yeah, dude, we get to run the tinkle the segue thingy. We back in a few minutes. Discuss amongst yourselves. We appreciate you guys, your girls being here. We'll be right back. <laughs> Puddles, will you not tell people my business during the tone pee break, okay? So I sit on the tub and talk to him and hold his hand. It makes yeah. him more comfortable. He gets nervous. He's at my house. Yeah, He's not comfortable peeing in my house, so I got to sit down and talk to him. Right. So don't. It's dark. Don't. don't Very dark. Don't put my business out there. Nobody needs to know Can't that stuff. Can't even see. Um, I just don't understand why you don't let me pee in the sump pump. It's right there. Oh, man. I, have I told that story Yes, here? you have. Have I? A couple times. Man. Just let me do it. No. 
Just hook it up. No, because then you know what happens? It stops oh. working, and I'm supposed to go watch Use wrestle, but no, because my basement's flooded because the sun pump stopped working. It's not happening, bro. Just saying. Never. Figure it out. No. Never, never, Get never. Some chlorine in there. It'll clean it up. All right. Moving on to our next topic. We were excited for it. Mm-hmm. We've seen the first two episodes of Peacemaker. Yes. To- Dude is tone service dog when he pees. You damn right. And I'm good Certified. at it. Certified. <laughs> tone got some black stuff on his shirt. What you got on his shirt? I don't get it. Oh, fuck you. Damn. <laughs> he had me looking. You see what he says? Haha, I got you. You're a scumbag, Ann House. But, you make it, <laughs> but he's got a dope album, y'all. Check out Unleashed Theories. Available now. Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere else. <laughs> Check out Unleashed Theories. Brian is... It takes Tone a while because he has to get his shirt and shoes. I, lo- <laughs> I can only pee in the nude. <laughs> <laughs> pee sitting down. It's okay. Sometimes. Make sure to sign up with the Patreon. Everyone who signs up gets a pill-sized bottle of Tone's pee. I mean, hey. You can sell jacuzzi water and bath water on My Twitch. understanding is if you open the bottle and set it out, it's like, in a, it's like a, a fragrance. Yeah, there's an aroma. Yeah, you don't need to light it. It's always there, and it gets a little funky over time, but yeah, it's like a, an air fragrance, man. It's hot. Yeah, it smells Miss like- Rose says you, but we just got an order for- Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, funny it for just you. Just on my phone. Yeah, Miss Rose by 12 whole, pills. Whole case going to Sydney. Wow, well, we were. We know better. <laughs> Don't even fuck around. But uh, Tone Peacemaker has come out. Um, you know, Peacemaker. I didn't know what to expect of the show, but when the trailer, we, we saw the trailer last week, uh, the, and it was a red tra- red band trailer, and it was fucking hilarious. That was finally Yeah, and we finally it. got to see, you know, some of the, uh, like, some of the, like, the humor we're going to get, some of the, the, the violence we're going to get, and the show basically lives up to the expectations so far in terms of all of that, but... I know for a fact that you are a huge fan of this show, and it took me a little while to warm up to it, but I want to get your initial thoughts of Peacemaker, man. <laughs> Honestly, if all they would have given me... Well, first of all, I want to back it up. That first trailer... Let's, I'm backing up even further. Back it up. I didn't really like Suicide Squad. I didn't. Mm. And the two things I liked of Suicide Squad were some of the scenes with John Cena playing Peacemaker, some of the comedy there, and... King Shark. King Shark. That was really about it. And the third one, I guess I'd throw in there too, would be like the kaiju shit at the end. Like yeah, the big yeah, the starfish. That was, that was fucking cool, right? Um, that said, uh, I um, wasn't excited about this until the uh, trailer last week. Because the first one we saw a few months ago, I was like, eh. Like, okay, James Gunn's involved, but, you know, I just don't know. Well, I can tell you. So it's two weeks ago we got the trailer. Excuse me. I can tell you. Because we got the series last week, three episodes drop. If they had just given me that minute and a half, two minute intro, and that's all that the show would have been, <laughs> I had, I would have had no problem with that. I have no problem with that. James Gunn said that he created this intro so that people wouldn't skip it. And I'll tell you what, if there's anything you know, if you're an HBO watcher like I am, I'm a pretty big enthusiast of HBO shows. Most shows you don't skip the intros to because HBO has the best intros. Some of them you do, but most of them you don't. Some of them are better than the others. This is one of those. This is an incredible <laughs> intro. Is it up there with Game of Thrones and Sopranos? Like you have to watch it? Absolutely. Oh wow. Okay. I won't skip it. Okay. I will not skip it. I refuse to. Okay. And uh, I didn't. I don't think I did with uh, uh, um, uh, my Lovecraft Country either. No, Lovecraft. I definitely had a don't opening. do it with uh, Curb. That's also very short. But um, yeah, this is not one you skip. And uh, listen. 
I should have had more faith in James Gunn. So I apologize. That's your fault. Um, we talked about it last week or as well, too, I believe, is that, uh, you know, eight weeks during pandemic, he wrote this series. I don't like John Cena as a wrestler. I never really have. Just can't get into him. Never been able to. Now, as an actor, I, I don't even know what he's doing. I can't see it. But <laughs> That's a point. Can't see me. <laughs> I know. That's uh, yeah, because I get. That's I I get it, dummy. You set me up there. I'm just okay. Whatever. True Blood intro is one of the first uh, intros I really, really also fell in love with too, Jimmy. So hell yeah. That's. Cuddle says first off, Tone. What did I say you had to do today, or I was unfollowing? I want to know what you were supposed to do. If you're gonna pull your junk out, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna hit the fuck. I don't remember. I think he said something in the Discord. I don't remember or one of the Discords. Ooh, Um, Cuddles. I had a long remind him. Remind him, Cuddles. I want him to do whatever you want him to do. Um. But then the, again, the show pops out, and you're like, "What the fuck?" Like instantly, because like I said, John Cena, I was like, "I've seen him in a few roles. I enjoyed him, but is he going to be able to do, do like this whole a whole series on his own and carry it?" And yeah, he actually, I feel like he can. Now you'll dive into a little bit of the supporting cast, and I think that's a great perspective, and I do actually agree with that. But um, listen, the the comedy, it's 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 so fucking funny. Like honestly, I'm watching, I'm just like, this is ridiculous. He's a scum. He's a dumb scumbag. Mm-hmm. What? But to be fair, doesn't know any better because that's how he was raised. You know, in a way, I think as well too. Um, and, and honestly, I'm having a blast. I went through all three episodes and I was like, man, I'm, I'm ready for more. This is, this is exactly something like I want. I want, uh, uh, you know, something that's you know, still in like the hero space, uh, somebody who can, uh, enjoy what they're doing. You can tell that he's enjoying what he's doing. Something really funny, you know, but also got James Gunn back in it, which means there, there's some, there's some clever writing. There's some good music. And uh, for me, it's just about having a good time, and that's how I'm looking at it. I'm not looking for the next Batman, and right. I think we're going to get some pretty deep story when it comes to his father and some other things, for sure. Uh, but I get vibes of Deadpool from this, and I mean that just because, like, it's it's this – there's a story there. Mm-hmm. And, yes, it's it's driving the character, but the overall thing is about it is really just the character's character themselves and the ridiculousness that they're doing. And I'm perfectly fine on that, especially if James Gunn is – is that the lead? So, um, for me, there I, I'm not looking for a lot of complex things. I like some of the little stuff they, some of the nods, and some of this and that, and where they're going with it. Uh, I, I'm having a blast. I like cuddles. It's like Kick Ass, very similar to Kick Ass. Yeah, and I love Kick Ass movies. And it took me, uh, uh, dude, Jimmy Z. If if you and Jen do a stupid TikTok thing of you guys doing the dance in the intro, I will fucking we'll play it on here, man. Uh, we'll play it, it right here, dude. You do that shit, we will put it right here. So do it. I'll follow oh, you and her. Know. Let's go. It. Uh, yeah, Kick-Ass is fucking awesome. Now, with to- like, to- like, I know Tom is a huge fan of this. I watched the first episode, and I was like, okay, I kind of I- I dig the humor, and there's some fun here. But my thing is with John Cena, I like John Cena a lot. I think he's a m- much better performer. I don't want to say actor. He's a much better performer. He has good charisma. He, may- he He's good at what he does considering his size and bulk. He's just kind of a big, dumb idiot, and he plays that well. Mm-hmm. And somebody mentioned cockblockers. Like, he's really good in that, but he's also good at it because he has a good supporting cast. Mm-hmm. John Cena is somebody, in my opinion, and I'll probably catch some flack, and that's fine. I can't – I don't think I could sit down and watch a John Cena-led movie where it's just him and a bunch of fucking no-name actors or whatever. It's or or even just like talented actors with good roles, and my issue with this show early on, the first episode or two was I just do not like any of the characters a part of his team. None of them are interesting. 
some of them try to be funny. I don't know if it's the performances or their jokes. I don't like the the the, the beard guy. He's okay just because Cena always picks on him. And I like Cena's jokes, but the guy's reactions, I just I'm not I'm not feeling him. But the entire team in general, nobody is really compelling yet. Now I this we have a lot of time to explore things. This is a show as opposed to a movie, so I understand that. But it took until the third I'm getting to that, Jimmy Z. It took until the third episode when Vigilante showed up, and I was like, okay, now I can I get what's going on here. Yes, I, I know the Suicide Squad is a bunch of shitty, terrible people trying to do or getting forced to do good things. And I understand that's what Peacemaker is. Good things. But he didn't have anybody interesting around him. Now I'm not saying Vigilante is a deep written character, <laughs> but fucking Vigilante is hilarious. Fucking hilarious. And clearly unstable, much like the Suicide Squad. And you. And me. But he is way more interesting. Than any of the other characters. Now, if they start fleshing stuff out with like hardcore and, and the other members of the squad, and we figure out what horrible things the leader has done and all this stuff, uh, he hugged an eagle. What you mean? No, I get it. Like I said, I did, anyways, away from that. I just, I, I, I feel like he needs support. Like John Cena needs support. His character needs support. And I love Vigilante. Vig- once that, plus the story of the fir- of the third episode was way more interesting because we're really starting to dive into things, especially mm-hmm. with his dad, Robert Patrick as his dad is fucking awesome. As usual, Robert Patrick shows up and just chews up every fucking scene he's in. But now that we know he's going to be an integral part going forward, now that he's in jail, I was like, okay, now we have probably a villain that is, yeah, dude, what a hairdo. What a hairdo. And the thing is, man, if, if I was telling Tony about this. If you guys have not seen The Marine, if you haven't seen The Marine, Robert, it's as far as John Cena. I was like, I think that was his first big movie. I think that was his first WWE production. I think that was WWE production. Big. Yep. Uh, Robert Patrick is the villain in that, and he is fucking hilarious. He is amazing. Again, John Cena probably couldn't carry that movie alone, but you got Robert Patrick, mm. a veteran, a, a guy who's I don't know if he's a character actor, but he knows how to chew up a scene. He knows how to eat it up, and he embraces it. Right. He's campy, but he's an amazing bad guy in that movie. He's really, really good. I really, really like him in that. And again, here he is, probably going to play a big part in the story as a villain, and I'm down with that. So we have that story arc that's unfolding. Vigilante shows up, a good counter to to Peacemaker. Now I'm on board. Now I'm cool. Now I'm invested. Now I'm psyched about where we're heading. Plus, I feel like the story with the butterflies Really started to get interesting, even though the second episode where the butterfly shows up was wild. Yeah, that shit was fucking cool. That was wild. But now that we realize that there's butterflies everywhere, now now it's compelling. Now I'm pulled in. Now I'm excited for all it. All I could think was the fucking monarch from fucking uh, Venture Brothers. That's all <laughs> I could think about. Honestly, I don't know why, but no, I'm I'm excited for it, though. I really think like re- re- the way they set up the third episode to kind of really dive into the main story. The, the butterflies are going to be the major threat. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Robert Patrick with his fucking Aryan nation going on in prison. You know, that's like compelling stuff. And then, you know, the, 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 now that they've included Vigilante into the team, now I want to know more about the regular team members. You know, it, they need to flesh them out a little bit more right. to give, make me care about them. Because right now they're just kind of like there as like, like punchlines for, for, for John Cena to go at. Yeah. So 
I dig it. I think it's cool so far. I'm excited to see where it goes from here. I like Crazy Powers at his helmet tattoo. Yeah, his dad made all those different helmets. The Sonic Boom was fucking there. awesome. Yeah, you walk into a closet, and it's all of a sudden like a warehouse. That was pretty neat. That was really cool. Like, like I said, his father probably has some kind of, I don't know what his dad, like, I don't know much about Peacemaker in general. Um, but clearly his father has some abilities. Apparently his father is a deep dive character. Yeah, like you mentioned really, this. You mentioned an this. obscure character that they dove deep into a vault for. That's for James and James Gunn, so no biggest surprise. So apparently that's where he comes from. I don't know. So uh, either but way. You're overall you're really into it. You love I'm it. really into it, and I will say this, and the last thing I want to say is this I yes, I'm very, really into this. I, I, I absolutely love it. I love, you know, this is this is definitely up my alley. Um I just find it ironic in some way that, meanwhile, this is doing successful. The DCEU is in complete fire, dumpster fire turmoil again, again. Oh my God! With the Josh you bring Reed in somebody stuff. like James Gunn, yep. and he can do something like with a character like this, make something tongue in cheek, and it's really successful, and everybody's uh. embracing it and have a good time of it. So I just find it ironic that you know it takes DC to not to either be a joke of itself, not take itself seriously. For it to be overly excess- successful outside of like maybe Batman and maybe some Superman, um, but at the end of the day, you know the MCU is doing its thing and it's continuing to build this whole other different thing. And it, at the end of the, it's it's almost like comparing uh, you know kind of the councils in some way. Like they're just two two different things doing doing whatever they're trying to do, and it's going to work or it's not going to work. And you know sometimes it's not fair to compare. But <laughs> oh my god. What? Cuddles did a, a shout out to Love Face. Yeah, there's actually <laughs> they're playing Valorant. Love Face, Love Love Face is on here promoting oh. online strips without clothing. Yet they were also streaming Valorant. So maybe I shouldn't block them. Maybe I they're uh, they're a legit person. I wonder how that's working with TOS. That's so, yeah, that's fucking hilarious. Too. That's pretty funny. So yes, and day I enjoy it. Here's the big question, Tom. Yes, yes. When the fuck are we getting new drops? For Peacemaker, is, is it, it a, Thursday? Is it a Thursday thing? Is it a Friday thing? Has did, have they announced that? Because they dropped all three episodes on Wednesday, right? Last week, yeah. Or Thursday, one of those days, or th- I think it was Thursday. Is Thursday the night for for Peacemaker? Does I know, anyone know? I know Prime's mom don't know. I texted her; she had no idea. Thursday, tricky. Okay, tricky Thursdays. confirms it's Thursday. Thank you, tricky. Appreciate yeah, that, dude. Okay. Thanks, dude. There you go. So tomorrow night we'll have a new Peacemaker. We'll see where it goes. And I, I'm digging where it's at now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really into it now. He's got good cast around him. Story arcs are compelling. Hyped. Who's in the middle of that that photo there? I can't. I'm just, just kidding. Go on. You're an idiot, dude. All right. Final topic of the evening. After the worst episode of the series last week, in my opinion, I know Tony enjoyed it a little bit better. I, I do agree with that, though. It was so the worst, worst episode worst of the worst series. Worst of the series so far, yeah. Here we are, episode four. We're like, man, are they going to be able to recover? Right. Are they going to be able to give us the Boba Fett that we want? Mm-hmm. Are we going to salvage? We have yes. three episodes left. Yes. Five, six, and seven. <laughs> Tone, <laughs> Boba Fett, episode four. We watched it today. Right. Initial reaction, sir. Really enjoyed it. That said, uh, um, there's there's a lot to unpack with the series generally, and I can speak on some words on that. And uh, overall, I really enjoyed this episode. It was a great episode. Yes, last week's episode, besides the first half, had some great Easter eggs. So it was it kept me engaged. It was in the present time, which I do care about more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it got to that crazy scene that just was fucking terrible. This one brought it back to where he needed to. Now, yes, it focused heavy again a lot in the flashbacks, which I'm very mixed on. 
I understand the complaints on that. And matter of fact, I have a, a point I do want to bring in. Don't let me forget that kind of at the end to kind of bring that home. Something that a few of us have talked about. Um, but uh, no, this was uh, this was a good episode. Uh, the flashbacks are great because you dove back into more of the time frame of what he's done after being with the Tuscan tribe, getting back um, his ship, the Slave One. Mm-hmm. I love that we got that link too with Mandalorian, with what what, what happened to Fennec. Got that link. Yep, yep. that was good. Mandal, perfect time frame. Yes, I said Slave One, which is the name of his ship. That was uh, uh, actually has been a controversial topic for over a year or about a year or so. Um, when I want to say the first thing that came out was supposed to be a Lego set that actually removed the name Slave One, which has for um, many years been the name. I don't believe has been spoken in like actual mainstream media, and right? But maybe in some cartoons, but. That has been the name of the ship for 30, 40 years. Um, they've, they've, Disney's trying to move away from that name, mm-hmm. understandably so. Um, not everybody agrees with that. Um, I don't fully agree with removing the name necessarily. However, I understand. So, um, And no one's going to get any resistance out of me. Uh, I'm not going to be up in arms and be a, a, a big whiny baby about it because at the end of the day, it's still always going to be what it is. I'm going to call it what it is just because I've known that for a long time. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, do what must be done. And uh, it was referenced as the actual model and make of it, which for, of course, as long as that as well, too, is known as a fire spray. And they mentioned that. And because of this controversy last year with a lot of fans, this is going to stir that pot again because this is the mm-hmm. first time it's spoken out loud and specifically written to be spoken out loud. And Tamora Morrison says the actual make of the actual ship and not its name that's been known for a long time. So mm-hmm. I digress. I don't I don't care about jumping in that pool with that. That's for bottom feeders. So uh, I don't overly overly care. But um, outside of that, uh, that entire scene of moving the timeline forward. I know the cyberpunk thing for people. And uh, listen, uh, for folks that don't know, there are characters in the Star Wars universe that do love getting bio-enhanced, bio-enhanced, mechanically upgraded, or whatever that is, it is a thing. The cyberpunkiness of it is a little over... Well, the problem is it's a little flamboyant for... I the, just think the, it's the really aesthetic. hokey. Like, it's it, it, the way it's well, presented. It is, it, it, yes, and that's It's the not gritty. It's, it's more it's, campy. Right. It's it's a little bit too campy when you're trying to be a little bit more serious, so I, I fully agree with that. It doesn't mesh. It, does, it doesn't mesh. Like... You can now. Now, are there spots on on Coruscant that might mesh? It just it just happens to be aesthetic. Like if this was Attack of the Clones, might be a little bit different because Attack of the Clones <laughs> is very uh, um, uh, all over the, the 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 neons and the the weird shit. Sure. So um, it is a little. It, it just it, it kind of sticks out. It is a little hokey. So unfortunately, it, it's not always sticking that landing. Um, it was a little bit better this episode though. But uh, we're again we're we're still moving that timeline forward. Slow. That's kind of the problem for me. <laughs> um, the flashback is great because again we get to see how he got, you know, his ship out. That was awesome because we're in, we're, you know, we're doing things in the palace. Where it's it's all still feeling. And then the the whole bit, and I'm not gonna dive fully deep into it because I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it. But the whole bit with the Sarlacc pit was fucking awesome. Yep. Because it's still making it feel like it's tying to the originals, which everybody will hold as sacred. Yep sacred you know to cool really close to them so it, it it's it's giving more though those are the things that fans like me need we need answers because we are skewed with the old legends canon we want to see this stuff even if it's not what it was even if it's not what we want 
we at least need to have that Band-Aid ripped off. That's why the first episode was important. That's why it was for me and not for everybody else. We needed that ripped off so we could move forward. The problem is, is that the flashbacks need to end this episode, please, or at least close to this. Because it's starting to feel like we've got enough. It's starting to feel like Arrow, which did it for four or five seasons. And by the time you get to the fifth season, you're like, dude, this character has evolved so long. How is he keeping the why? why, He's been off the island X amount of time. Like it was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And and it's getting to that point where this is getting uh, ridiculous as well, too. Like the question was asked. And it was actually, of course, Screen Crush, Ryan Ariel with Screen Crush. Find him on Twitter. Um, Do you think the show would have benefited more? from less of the flashbacks and actually building a fucking story start to finish from when he got out of the Sarlacc forward. And I do think that would have been a better tale. I think it would have been more beneficial for me to see that growth in chronological or- order instead of instead of the jumping around. I'm not... I love Tarantino movies, so I don't mind the, the time jumping around. Sure. I don't. I feel like... It's a it's a swing and a miss with this series a little bit more just due to the fact that we want to live in the now. We want we want that band-aid ripped off. We want to know what happened, but we want to move forward too. I want to know because of Mando and got me back into this era and this timeline. I want to know what's going on now in the galaxy. I want to sure. know what Boba Fett is doing now. It's the book of Boba. I care more about the book of Boba than I do him on a bantha for four hours trying to get to the fucking Dune Sea again <laughs> for fucking three weeks. You know how much how time has passed at that point, right? <laughs> so um, overall, I know that's kind of more of a tangent, less about this 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 episode. This episode had some great Easter eggs, some good callbacks and some things, and some sweet droids. There's a droid in there that you see. Um, he's talking to R2 in the sail barge. And we'll serve you, master. Well, you'll be on the sail barge and blah, blah, blah. There's also a droid in there that's a cooking droid that you see in Attack of the Clones. I can't remember the name of it, but starts doing the spinnies. Yes. Very grievous like. Yep. That right. was re- that was pretty <laughs> that was pretty fucking sweet. There's a uh, rabbit droid in there as well too that you actually see from the cartoons. That shit was hilarious. That by was the fucking way. funny. That was entertaining. Um Do You know who I am? I'm Boba Fett. Just shuts the shit yep, down. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh there was a sweet conversation sitting on top of the Boba Fett like a Godfather scene which was what it's referencing. Um that was really fucking cool. Um, but at the same time, you also finally get to learn why Boba is doing what he's doing. We kind of thought that building block was there. We saw that in the second episode. This episode actually explains it, that there is a reason why he's doing this, because he learned out there in the Dune Sea with his friends that it's more important to have a tribe and people that you can trust right. to build and move forward than to be alone. He's, yep. his, he saw what that did for his father, and that was a brick road. and. Uh, also losing his head thanks to Mace Windu in uh, Genosa's arena. So <laughs> it's time to move forward. Uh, stop with these fucking these flashbacks. But I think the show overall would have been better if it was less flashbacks and more of a cohesive story. Tricky says he's constantly getting his ass kicked. I felt like he held his own t- uh, this week. Well, we saw him in fucking Mandalorian in, in yeah, one episode that's true, that's where he true. comes out out of 40 fucking years of hibernation and takes out, and takes out a, two, a squad and, a, and two squad two squad vehicles or, or ships. So, yeah, we definitely need a little bit more action here. I love Heavy Story, too, but we haven't seen enough badass Boba Fett. Now, I will say I think he's, I think they're building there. Yep. I think that's the point. They're holding it back because— It's hey, him versus the Pike, so eventually he's going to have to right. go and I think, And I think, I think there's bigger than the Pike still, too. I think that's coming. That, that reveal's coming. Um, and I think that we're building to that, and I think they just want you to learn and understand and maybe um, uh, have some— 
uh, emotional tie to him, and I think you were eventually it's going to be him being fucking Boba Fett, hopefully. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we I, I I really really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a really good episode in terms of like moving the story forward. We're we're finally getting into the syndicate thing. We're starting to get into the different families that are around and how Boba's gonna what his plans are to uh, go against the pike and whatnot. Uh, I absolutely love the segment with Finnick and him where they go in to get his ship. I it's love how she rad. kicked out the droid or the drone that went in there. It reminded me of a video game when you send in a drone or if you mm-hmm. do, you start marking people, it goes in and shows where all the bad guys are. And she's like, we got to go in stealthy. And they do the go in stealthy thing. I love the scene where she slips the fucking, the, the one droid that you were talking about that looks like Grievous. She basically like slits its throat till its head falls off. Fennec was fucking awesome mm-hmm. in this episode. We finally got to see Ming-Na Wah do what she does in a lot of things. And Dude, that, she's that handling a crowd of baddies and taking everyone mm-hmm. down, not only with her weapon, but with her combat skills, hand-to-hand mm-hmm. combat. She was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Fennec was amazing in this episode. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I love going back to the Starlight Pack looking for his armor. Now, here's the thing, Tone. Here's the question everybody had. Oh, Predator Wookiee was whooping people's ass in the bar, too. Uh, Yeah, Black Kristen. Uh, Kurt, Jesus drunk for that um he was whipping some fucking ass. and now he has joined boba yeah and they yeah yes that's a big deal too he's like i can give you work um yeah and they also named two things happened and that was really cool one they name dropped his name from the comics which is santi or santo which is what dr uh afra called him um so that's some big easter egg drop there too because i still think she might show up somewhere too um two let's remember what uh, uh han solo said to c3po while playing um uh or whatever the game is they play in the 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 Millennium Falcon you know well nobody ever you know says anything to a droid you know when they're cheating or something well you know wookies can pull arms out of their sockets oh you know? yeah he ripped that dude's arm out right so he pulled you know she's like don't do it and and I'm and I was sitting there like please pull the arm out please <laughs> and sure as shit he pulled the arm out of the socket now the good news is for that transition they grow back, so it's it's regenerative. He'll have his arm back, but he was making a point by doing that, and they all get that, and that's why they're like, okay, well, whatever, and they moved away from it. Right. Um, but uh, that that yeah, that was very entertaining that they did that as well too. So, but yeah, it it was it was listen, it was a fun episode. We end on some, we end on some questions. We got some. It's starting to cross over timelines with Mandalorian, mm-hmm. which is a big deal. So I, I'm sure you kind of want to bust into that. So a little bit. obviously earlier in the episode, when 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 Boba Fett's sitting <laughs> on the desert. We see the, the flare or whatever shoot off in the sky, and then you hear that jingle. You know, the, the one from Mandalorian. That's Din's, that's Din's like jingle, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, okay, that's what we're going at. And then at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. after uh, Boba sat down with the other family saying, hey, look, stay the fuck out of the way. I'm going to clean out the pikes myself. They leave, and him and Fennec are talking, and, she, and he's like, you know, we need muscle for this. We need, we're going to war, but we need muscle. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, what do we got down in the treasure? She's like, don't worry, we got plenty of money. She goes, well, a lot of money can buy good muscle. And at that point, they play the jingle again for Mando. Yep. For Din. Tone. Mm-hmm. Are they going to bring Din? What's his name? Did you, did, I can't even, I'm just calling Din him Jarn. Mando. Dijarn. Dijarn. Are they bringing Dijarn back for the next episode or at some point in the series to be the muscle? Some point in the series next week, no. No. No way. Don't timeline, so? timeline don't fit. Now, now tell me where the timeline doesn't fit. Because at this point, when they're doing what they're doing, at the end of Mando, he was standing on a bridge with the um, with with Bo Katan and, and the rest of the the Mandalorians there, um, 
About to fight to the death. Well, about to fight to death. They got to resolve their issues, whether that means going to um, actual Mandalore, figuring out that issue. He's got the dark saber in his hand. Um, he can't just hand it over. There's a lot of time frame. So, so let's say after he takes off and he goes to where he's at and takes over both. This has only probably been over the period of a month, maybe two, we'll say, while he's been in Maz Espa. I think it's Maz, right, Maz Espa. Um, that that's that's not enough time for the issues to be resolved in what's going on in Mandalorian. Mandalorian is still, I think, more the focus of these series, clearly. Sure. And they're not going to have him, I don't think, jump in in the middle of like going like, oh, yeah, well, we were on Mandalore or no, wait, we were going to go to. Well, I got to go help. How much money is involved? I don't think they're really going to do that because that doesn't make any sense. And it's very like when when Fennec goes, we need muscle, wink, 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 nod, nod. And you get the fucking Mando music like you're clearly trying to obviously you think it's a bait and switch. It's a bait and switch. It absolutely is a bait and switch. Why else would they play it during the timeline that matches up properly with the flare? And at the end, they're going to do it. And it's like, hey, guess what? Uh, play the song. Mando's back. We may see him yet at some point. But um, what do you think? At least it's good. What, what are you hoping? That if it's not Mando. Okay, it's they not can't Mando. just bring in some regular schmuck. It has to be right. somebody of repute, right? Uh, I think it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be. Well, okay. I who I want. I really, really want. So I'll tell you what I want. What I really, really want <laughs> is Cad Bane, a live action Cad Bane. You guys, if you guys know Cad Bane, he's the very overly westernized character uh, from Bad Batch, from Clone Wars, from Ooh. everything. So we have we don't know where he's at in this timeline necessarily. It's been a long, long time. Um, so we, re- I really want to see him. It would be sweet if she showed up and he's just sitting there, got his hat. That down, would be dope, you dude. Fennec, you know, or whatever. You know, so um, that, I think that would be dope. Uh, cool runners up would be if it was the old school group. If we saw Dengar, if we saw Forlam and Zuckus, uh, you know, we've seen IG Eleven. I don't think IG Eighty Eight would be a thing, but uh, um, if we saw any of those other bounty hunters, it would be pretty cool as well too. Mm-hmm. Or maybe somebody completely wouldn't think of. But it's she says muscle, and when I see when when you see muscle and things like that, it, it, she she seems to allude that it's somebody that's big name but really secretive. Maybe been around for. That's not like man. The Mando has been around for a few years, making a name for himself. I don't think he's you know Boba Fett did this for thirty some years before he was in a hole, a butthole mm-hmm. in the fucking sand. Mm-hmm. So they knew that name. Mando's known in the outer rim, big fucking whoop. Coruscant, they ain't gonna fucking know his fucking name. What? I, and I, I was trying to think of like who else could they bring in that would be you know cool because of the relation to Mando because you hear the jingle. What was Til- Timothy Oliphant's character and where was he at? He was Cobb Vanth. He was just a normal dude that was fortunate enough to be having the because he got the army, bought it off the Jawas or whatever. Okay. Just running that little piss ant town in the yeah. middle of the fucking sea. So. Is that on Tatooine though? That's on Tatooine. Okay. But again, you know, she's saying big money. She's alluding she's to like about it, heavy hitters. There, I think this is would be the great spot for them to bring in a uh, a big character either back in or um, reintroduce somebody from the animation because clearly at this point these these guys the, the, the Flonies and the Favros they're bringing they're bringing comic books characters and and cartoon characters which until this requisition until somewhat years ago has never been able to happen but you know Marvel's done it and now we're gonna start doing Star Wars too because they they you know they can control all that media so sure. it, it's mm. time to do that so I think it would behoove them if they did a new character to introduce to all all people. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I, I'm. I'm guessing, man. I, you. I, you think Mando? I think Mando's gonna show up, man. 
I think Mando's going to show up for sure. Now, I'll go with you. I'll, I'll take the same. I'll say maybe not this next episode mm-hmm. because we have three episodes left. But, I mean, I don't know, I think dude. that's so overly obvious. And, again, like, you know, the, 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 again, he's got he's supposed to, he's going to be hanging out with Bo-Katan. He just lost Grogu. Like, there's some things that he's going to be dealing with, and they're bigger right now than – Going and helping a crime lord, like because he was there, he was with, he was the Bo-Katan, He was also with Moff. Um, he was with Moff Gideon. There, yeah. there, there's a storyline that's going forward from there, and he's not going to stop in the middle of that and go, oh, oh, you need help. Oh, I got to run. I got to oh, run. Oh, a I'm sorry. Real quick. You want to be a crime boss somewhere? Right. You need some help? Cool. How much money you got? Okay. Well, I guess I'll help you. He's he's not. No. Oh, tricky ones. When do we get fucking Thrawn? Uh, that will be the Ahsoka episode, series. We're gonna see Sabine Wren live action. And that'll be Thrawn, and that that that's where we're gonna focus on Thrawn the most. But overall, a, really, a good recovery from last really, week's show. Absolutely, I I don't think I th- honestly it could have been a, a dude shitting somewhere, and it would have been a recovery from <laughs> some of that episode last weekend. So I'm, I'm still concerned of overall um, of the character and how it uh, is um, you know just kind of weakening in some way. But I'm also now starting to look at it as like maybe his maybe this isn't the time for us to see his peak, I guess. Right. As well, too. That might be past. Maybe they're just trying to at least give him an homage, give him some day in the light and just, you know, evolve the character and let him kind of like adapt into something different. Because when when somebody made the point today that you got to realize, like before he fell in that Sarlacc, he had been bounty hunting for 30 years. Mm -hmm. He's an older man now. He's, you know, in his 40s or 50s. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. Maybe. I know. think, honestly, my thought is I think Fennec is going to be the catalyst to get him back on track to being a hard-nosed. Because that's she what might she be. is. I think Fennec is going to be the catalyst. She might be. She might be. She's a she's fucking badass. So I, I love Fennec. I thought this was Fennec's best episode because mm-hmm. she was the, you know, we got to see their relationship bond from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And we know she's a fucking badass, dude. She knows what it takes to get out of these situations. <laughs> she's not there to be diplomatic. She rules with no, force. No, and two last things of, of, of fun with her. Uh, one, when he said, don't ever touch my buttons ever again. That and was hilarious. she said that, that was fucking hilarious. That was hilarious. Two, there was a part in this episode where um, he, he gets the ship out, and they pan to the, uh, the swoops right across the sand. And I instantly looked over and said, Without a thought, was even out of thought, I looked over and said to her, I said, man, I really hope the Slave One shows up and just blasts the shit out of these fuckers. <laughs> and it did. wasn't two seconds later, and all of a sudden you can see, in, I'm yep. like, oh, fuck. And he came, because when he says I got things, to, yeah. I got the business He wipes up, them out in a, just in a matter of seconds. And just fucking, I'm like, that, that was literally, that was my favorite part of the episode. Because I feel like that's, that's that's Boba Fett. Like that was that was fucking gnarly, shit. dude. Like, like yeah. he's not there to be diplomatic. Yep. He's he's judge, you know, jury and execution that was, in that instance. That was fucking rad. So that that was uh, I I appreciated that very much. So to be enough, that was my favorite part. So awesome episode. So we've got three episodes left. Um, King Cuddle has been watching Righteous Gemstones and got to see a lot more of Boy Crowder than I ever needed to. Good series, though. You know, I've been watching meaning to watch Righteous Gemstones. I have not even finished the first season of Righteous Gems. It's one we didn't really get into, but I love the cast. I love everybody involved. Um, it's something I, I'll definitely have to get back into, but it's tough, man, because this week we have Ozark starts on Friday. Is it on Friday? I thought it was later in the month. No, is it it's Friday? Friday. Ozark starts Friday, and The Servant Season 3 starts Friday on Apple Series Man. Plus. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of great shows uh, are coming out. But, yeah, so Ozark starts Friday, and uh, The Servant 
drops on Friday Which as well. We've so. been waiting on Ozark for a while because of COVID got pushed back, and then yep. they had to split it up in two. So this has been. A I had to. Uh, I like, guess hilarious, man. My, my wife was like, "Hey, have you started watching yet?" I was like, "No." She goes, by the way, I'm not waiting for you. I was like, "Oh fuck, okay." You ain't well, gonna. Uh, I'll get to it. But uh, it's it's hard, man. We got so many shows right now. We have so many shows. You know what I'm saying? It's and you know you know why it's difficult. Um, you know you know why it's difficult, Tom. Because on uh, I told you this story earlier, but I just thought it was so cool to tell now. Uh, on Sunday, we were sitting around. We didn't have any plans, mm-hmm. and I woke up early with the kids, and I was scrolling through movies to put on for the kids. And I seen, oh, Lord of the Rings extended edition. I'll put that on. That's three hours and forty some minutes. And that plays through. And I'm I'm doing breakfast. We're going fellowship, on. right? Yep, fellowship. And we start with fellowship and watching that. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting around chilling and stuff. And next thing you know, you know, credits are rolling. I was like, well, well, fuck it. Two Towers, extended edition. Played through that. I'm still doing stuff, watching certain scenes. Wife is stopping in there. She's watching for a good portion. Mm-hmm. Kids are dialed in. Next thing you know, oh, well, that's done. Well, well, fuck it. You know, it's 3 o'clock. Turn of the King, extended edition. All day long, everyone just stopping to watch scenes. Kids are locked into the whole day. Could have easily watched Ozark, but I watched the extended edition of all Lord of the Ring movies. Not bad, right? I mean, not bad. Not a bad I ain't choice. mad about it. I, he ain't mad about it. I ain't mad it. about it. He's not mad about it. But, Tom, that's going to do it. Yes. This was an epic show. Holy shit, you guys. Almost two and a half hours. Yeah, longer than normal. Thank you so much for everyone that stuck around. We know that's a lot longer than most of you have time for, but we appreciate the support. Cuddles, Half-Ass Beer Review, Jimmy Z, Tricky Regent. I mean, a lot of Brian MX. There he is. The man, Al Blanco, Miss Rose. Uh, A lot of y'all showed up and and hung out. We had a lot of stuff to talk about, and we appreciate the fuck out of you. Half-Ass, baby. Just a friendly reminder. March 5th and 6th, the Midland Mall Comic Con 2022. Tone and myself, we will be broadcasting live. The Midland Mall Comic Con brought to you by and organized by and sponsored by Fett's Toy Depot. Paul over at Fett's has worked tirelessly around the clock, reaching out to local artists, entertainers, cosplayers, and more to be a part of this event. He has worked his ass off. Yeah, him and his people, myself included to some degree. Paul over at Fett's Toy Depot. If you're interested in one of the remaining spots as a vendor, there's only a few left, please contact Paul at Fett's Toy Depot today on Facebook. Reach out to Paul, talk to him, he'll get you squared away. But March 5th and 6th, the Midland Mall Comic Con 2022, very excited. We're going to be there, baby. Very excited. And if you need any additional information, call Paul at Fett's Toy Depot, and he'll be able to hook you up. Tone, anything else you want to add before we uh, wrap up the show tonight? It was an epic show, dude. It was massive. Um, no, I think I'm I think I'm okay. You think you're good? I think I'm good. I think he's good. I'm good, too. <laughs> Can Love Face have a booth? We'll get, we'll, we'll get them a booth. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, yeah, it'll be outside. It'll be like a cork board and a glory, glory hole. hole. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're gross. You're a sick pervert. So that's going to do it for tonight's stream. Don't forget, Friday night we'll be live with the Halo Friday night rage stream. F- for real this time. Like, for real. For real. He's actually not going to cry. No, I was I'm sick and I was ready to bitch play. Out. I will be there live Ooh. Friday night for the Friday night Halo rage stream. And then next Monday, I'll be back with Storytime with the Dude as we continue our playthrough of Guardians of the Galaxy. Right here on BNB. 
banter and babble. Right here. So is there any movie? What, Facebook. Uh, are there any movies coming out? I don't this fucking. Weekend? I don't fucking know. I know February fourth we're gonna be busy. Jackass. I believe Black Phone comes out that weekend. Oh fuck. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Got some hot movies coming, but we we'll have plenty of shows to talk about. Peacemaker. Oh, it's Olympics weekend. Is that Olympics weekend? Mm-hmm. Well, you're not gonna be watching the Olympics because we're doing a doubleheader at the theater. Watching the theater. I was so keen last Friday, then it didn't happen. Uh, I'm sorry, Miss Rose. I promise you. We'll figure it out. This weekend, this Friday, 9 p.m., we're going to get drunk, and we're going to rage to Halo Infinite Multiplayer. But that's going to do it for tonight's show, folks. Appreciate each and every one of you that stopped by tonight, hung out, commented. As always, make sure you share the videos, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. If you're listening on Spotify and iTunes, hit that five-star review if you think we deserve it. No fake five-star reviews. If you don't think we deserve a five-star review, hit us up with some feedback. We want to know what we can do to earn that five stars. If you really fucking love the show and give it a five-star, write a review on on iTunes. And those are huge. You can tap that Patreon button down there and buy me some beer money. Send this fucking guy some beer money. Please. So he shuts up. We were going to hear about, I told you guys I wasn't going to bring it up all the time, but he's going to. I said I wasn't going to. Buy my beer because I beer want money. it. <laughs> Hope everyone has a great weekend. Stay safe. We'll see you Friday night. So Friday night Halo Raid stream. I'm drunk. Good night, everybody. <laughs>